When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. Hmm. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash FriendZone. And to show your support for the FriendZone podcast, use code FRIENDZONE to get $30 off your first month. Talkspace. Therapy for how we live today. Okay! Welcome to the FriendZone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the FriendZone. Friend, you ready to sing again? <clears throat> no, I'll let y'all know when. like a wedding march we about to start here we go hand in hand a hundred grand i'm your man huh we about to do what we can try to make this shit work make this shit stay afloat huh it's like a boat with a hole in it i don't know what's wrong but now i'm swollen and mad as fuck time to argue time to fight i think i'm right god damn what you're saying because the pants is tight now I want you again Is you my friend? Is you my lover? Am I your man? Yo, I came again to understand How this crazy shit happened And then it run right into the fan All these problems, everybody solve them Why am I in it? Everybody pause them Everybody guess what? I'm sick of all the bull uh, shit <laughs> All the anger, all of the fights That's right When it's wrong, it's right Hello Write you a story I'm not talking about me This Maury It's a talk show And all of y'all guests My name Dustin I damn sure do my best Asante got something on his chest If he had titties goddamn the nigga have breasts Let's go Here's his part Now let's go He's about to start I said Oh We're back in the friend zone Back with another one 
I bet you know mm. this song. Mm. <laughs> it was just good enough. <laughs> yeah, look something else. <laughs> just happens. You know? Look, you know, I said you want to do something cool and original, and I feel like we could really do some cool original shit. It's so time to tell a story. If you're an artist out there and you feel like you know you need some things to work on, you know, we got lots of skeletons we could sell you. I'm just telling you. I'm a storyteller. You know, I believe it's my opportunity to show off my finesse with the Queen's English. Hey, hey. And so that's one of the joys that I get. Don't you never let nobody tell you rappers ain't smart. <laughs> oh come God. on, come through. Okay. Rappers uh, got brains. Well, rappers got statements. Welcome to the friend zone, your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell wants a musty brain? I know I don't, okay? I want mine to be fresh. Two times. Clean. Cool breeze is usually the name of the scent. You know, men's deodorant always had them kind of names that sound like, you know, sports gear and shit. Cool breeze. Cool breeze. (laughs) Wave wind. You know, shit like like the Gatorade flavors be having those. It's Gatorade flavors shit. do be sounding like Masculine deodorant. Ass Great titles. glacier frost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, glacier mm-hmm. frost. Like, can't it just be the blue kind? Sound like winter <laughs> boots and shit. <laughs> Sleeping bags. A company like a company that made camping shit. Like even the Cliff Bars. Some <laughs> yeah, of oh flavors. my god. Oh god. First of all, I heard women over only women over five ten eat Cliff Bars. No, I'm just no, like <laughs> the Lara Bars. I thought. No, I don't know. It's a I'm job. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so hey everybody what's going on hi friend hi, hi. hello friend hello <laughs> how was your weekend it was wonderful i worked my ass off this weekend yeah um i went to actually celebrate the birthday of emil wilbekin oh hey. yes um, who has birthday. made such a huge contribution to media in general um, to the magazine world, to all of those things, just to culture, hip-hop culture especially. Mm. Um, he had a, a birthday party here in New York City, and it was one of the... When I w- arrived, DJ D-Nice was DJing. Oh. And he was playing every... DJing. If you can think of a good old-school dance song, he played it. And by the time I left out of there, my clothes looked like the quicker picker-upper. Like Bonnie <laughs> Paper Tyler was soaked. I'm like, damn, it did, man. But it was a great party. Ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't partied like that in so long. It was really good. When you actually good. leave sweaty because you dance so much. Right? Ooh, Very good. Days. What, what about you? <laughs> oh, you know, my weekend was okay. I got really fucked up in New Orleans celebrating the birthday of Crystal Jean. What Crystal, a town and happy birthday. Happy what a lady. Birthday. Happy birthday. I was so sad I couldn't make it. She's an old ass bitch. Bitch, <laughs> bitch, bitch, <laughs> bitch, bitch. I'm only doing that because it's her birthday. It's a celebration. She's an old ass bitch, but she's still a bomb ass bitch. And she's still one of my bestest bitches. So I love her and I got fucked up for her because we played this stupid ass drinking game and just had a great ass time in New Orleans. It, it was looked amazing. like it. I was looking at y'all snaps. Amazing. You were twerking up so you know the lord just kept blessing me in the smallest of ways and i feel like you have to praise him for the small things like i posted a a snap actually and somebody was like wow that is deep oh shout out to steam fox i think steam was the one that messaged me said that that is deep we were at a bottomless brunch (laughs) we were at a brunch and they were doing the bottomless mimosas but you know because it's new orleans they actually want you to get drunk so they were pouring appropriately and I could not help but look at my glass, and the waiter was so good about keeping it full. I was like, "May my glass ever stay full!" Like, okay. shout out. To, as I just like my and in real life, you better I mean, find the gem yes. in the glass. Look, 
<laughs> New Orleans was amazing. So I had to twerk up a storm for the unlimited brunch. I twerked up the storm because, you know, our homegirl, Shariel. Shout out to Shariel, the Jazzy Bell. She's out there. She just started a podcast, too. Cute. She fried up chicken for us. And nice. she is, like, one of the people that can fry up a fucking storm. Like, you know, Jay can cook her ass off. Chris can cook her ass off. Kid can cook her ass off. But Shariel is the one you go to for, like... <sighs> I guess she could teach aunties and be all the aunties. Damn. Like, she's amazing. It's great. I love it. I love her. She holds a very special place in my heart. But my weekend was great. Tell us about your weekend, friend. Yes. My weekend was amazing. Shout out to DC. We okay. were there. Uh, that was the, the stop for the wellness tour this past weekend. It was incredible both days. It amazes me how the same city can produce two totally different events. Yeah. It was totally different conversations, <laughs> totally different women. Not saying that one was better than the other. They were just so different. Like, mm-hmm. the women just brought different things that they were interested in talking about, which I love because it makes my job that much more amazing. Like I said, I learned early on with the tour not to prep the program for the day. We let the women kind of give us an energy forecast. Mm-hmm. And then while Jer is teaching the yoga, me and Haas go somewhere and prep what the girls, you know, were making us feel they want to talk about. Yeah, so it's yeah, really awesome. Cater to them. We cater to it. And it just also makes sure that we are on our shit because you have to kind of present the information in real time. And it turned out so good, you guys. That's wonderful, so friend. good. And all the women were asking about you guys. <laughs> there was a part where they were smelling these oils and they were all like, so good. So hey. <laughs> friends, just let us clean up. Can we come, can we clean up? No. Damn. They were like, can you let them just peep it? I yeah. was like, you guys know y'all would be dying laughing the whole time. We would not get through anything we need to get through. Damn. It would be so much fun to just come on a tour, but you know, you don't even want to let day. us. But I told them that, you know, we will be coming to D.C. Speaking of two different audiences. Take it away, y'all. Let them know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you this Friday. Tickets go on sale live at thefriendzonelive.com. October 22nd, we have Philly. We will be in the building. Shout up, show up and shout out. <laughs> November 4th, Dallas, Texas. We will be seeing you there. Yes. Show up and get shouted out. And December 1st, DC. We back at it again. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be great. So excited. Uh, TheFriendZoneLive.com. Tickets go on sale this Friday at noon. <laughs> Around noon. I like how we pause. Like, That's is right. it? Look, is it? <laughs> we we, we going to work it out. Okay. You know? If you if you want that ticket, Friday is a payday, so you know that's oh, the best sure we can is. do Talk for about you. Alignment. We can't hold nothing for you. Okay, divine alignment. Divine alignment. Okay, you know. So we're very excited about that. Once again, the Friends on Live. Uh, we will be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, October twenty second. Dallas, Texas, November fourth, and Washington of the DC, <laughs> December first. Tickets on sale this Friday. TheFriendZoneLive dot com. We cannot wait to see all Yay! your beautiful faces. And that's just the start, because many, many more cities to come. Yes, okay. yes, y'all. See you guys then. Exciting! Make sure you grab those tickets on Friday. <gasps> yes, please try to grab them on Friday, because if they get gone, I can't do nothing for you. Right. So y'all ready to jump right in? Yes. I guess so. <laughs> 
So on last week's show, we had an episode titled Let Go of the Story, where we talked about letting go of everything you've been through and not bringing it up over and over again. A lot of you agreed. A lot of you disagreed. But as always, you had a lot of amazing perspective to share with us, which is what the show is about. So Asante, who stood out to you? I want to give a shout out to Kaylin. She submitted this through the email. The subject is ride or die, a.k.a. ride and dumb, yet still here. (laughs) Hi, friends. This episode resonated with me. When friends started talking about that whole ride or die mentality, I felt like she was turning the mirror on myself. (laughs) Many times I've used the whole I just care a lot as an excuse to be codependent and ride for people while looking dumb. Mm. I really appreciate the transparency in this episode and how it made me do a reality check. Although y'all be snatching my wig weekly, I'm still here. So thank you. (laughs) Included meme. No, not the meme. Yes, the meme has been included and attached. (laughs) So I just had to shout that out. Kaylin, thank you so much for submitting that. That that really feels like that in the studio. Sometimes, Fran, you be talking. I told you you was in my courtroom that time. So, you know, you just got to see a different side of yourself through someone else's eyes or ears in our case. So I think it's dope that you can see that for yourself. Love it. Fran, what did you find in those SoundCloud streets? The SoundCloud streets singer for hire says, Mm. I agree and disagree with so many points on this segment. On one note, many people don't know that they're supposed to use a hard situation to make them into a better person and not hold it at the forefront of their lives. So not getting involved or not telling your own story can sometimes continue the cycle. But I also think that sometimes telling your story over and over again can be a form of therapy. Remember the Columbia University college student who carried a mattress for a year as a form of protest and awareness? And that was a student, trigger warning, a student who had been raped on campus, and that was her form of protest. Wow. Um, So, obviously, I disagree. (laughs) I disagree in the sense that well, the part where you say you're supposed to use a hard situation to make you into a better person, exactly. That's exactly what the whole episode last time was about. Um, the part where she said not getting involved and not telling your, your own story can sometimes continue the cycle, that wasn't my point. My point wasn't don't talk about it. My point was get help. Right. Right? It wasn't... It wasn't like, oh, sweep it under the rug. It's, it's irrelevant, like on some like ignore it. Now, y'all know that right. I wouldn't be condoning right. anybody ignoring Absolutely feelings. Right. I, I'm, my point is actually to highlight them for yourself, though, not in the in the matter of like storytelling. Actually do something about it, because what I have found in my experience, and that's the only way I can speak from, is that people get more caught up in the storytelling aspect than in the healing aspect. And so they start to live from the reenactment mm. of the wound as opposed to the healing of the wound. And that's what my focus was on last week's episode. Mm. And the young girl that was protesting for a year, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, you guys could agree and disagree, obviously, I think that was reactivating the pain for her for the whole year. And I think that's a form of sacrifice that she was doing in order to protest. I don't know how much that helped her as a person, like on a cellular level. Mm. And that's always my concern. My concern is I understand the impact that protest has, but I'm going to worry about you more than anything else if you're the one that went through the pain. And that's always my concern. So 
that's all I'm going to say about that. What about you, Dustin? What did you find in these Twitter streets? In these streets. That was a Maxwell <laughs> version. <laughs> okay. In these streets. <laughs> 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 okay. I know you got a little tweet in your life. Oh, and you know what? Someone was like, Fran, the reason you keep thinking of Maxwell and Alicia, y'all see how y'all love me and help me out, is because Alicia opened for Maxwell that year on, on that his tour. tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See how much see? y'all love me? Y'all were like, I ain't going to let Fran look crazy out here. Go ahead. I, they had a good time working on that tour together, too, because I remember there was all kinds of footage of them like going to play basketball together. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, just chilling, you know, <laughs> off the clock type shit. I went to that concert. Actually, it was great. You, so you went to that you game? You went? Mm-hmm. It was at the Fox Theater in Detroit. Me, my sister. How old were you? I was young. Probably like 19, 18, oh, something like that. But oh me God. and my sister went. And it's a picture. I had on a black leather, uh, like, outfit. Like, black leather pants outfit? and jacket. With a Burberry <laughs> bucket hat and tie. Oh, you couldn't tell me shit. It was like Prada Law. It was so dope. Anyway. I'm dead. Detroit shit. Okay, so back to these streets. I want to give a shout-out to Fameless. That's Fameless ENT on Twitter. As I told you guys before, Fameless dropped everything and turned their um, really popular gossip, sometimes uncut gossip, um, website and blog into a complete resource for aid to victims of the hurricanes. Irma, um, all the hurricanes, yes. Like, they shut down all their gossip blogging. Even went so far as to post screenshots of the revenue that they were not getting, <laughs> and saying that it didn't even matter. The work was what was most important. Wow. So I just, I've, I Who just respect that. that. Um, a young lady named Fee, um, famous CEO, but she right. tweeted. Um, at Fameless ENT, she tweeted, thanks to those who didn't unfollow me while I covered things that matter. I know who you are and saw you in the comments every post with some emojis that mean loving things. <laughs> and so I just want to give a shout out to them because I'm all about people doing the work. Also want to give a oh, shout out cool. to at B-A-A-Z-I-N-I, Bazzini, uh, who tweeted, so my twin cousin started their own online and drive through pharmacy immediately after NYSC. Please RT, uh, their customer might be on your timeline. And they're the twin black girls, pharmacists, okay? okay. Which means that they have pharmacy. I did see that. Yeah, and they opened up Twin Care Pharmacy. Yes. And so I just think it's so genius. Their website is www.twincarepharmacy.com. Cute. Shout out to them for doing the damn thing. Um, and that's our black business for the week. Nice okay. and early. Nice and early. You know we had to switch it up. <laughs> Gotta get okay. twins first dance. For you guys. I also want to give a shout out to at never break fly with two Y's. Never underscore break fly YY. Uh, who tweeted, nigga, you better preach at 50 minutes and 30 seconds. Look at Dustin. Harsh to some, yet very valid. Now, I didn't go back and listen to the show, but whatever I must have said, somebody needed to hear. So go back to last week's episode and listen to <laughs> min, uh, Minute Mark 5030. Okay. <laughs> uh, I also <laughs> want to give a shout out to uh, at Sugar Banana, who said in the beginning stages of, and that's Banana with two A's, you know, y'all always got to be different. Oh, <sighs> In the beginning stages of a current friendship, I set my friend down and told her that our friendship doesn't always have to be intense. Now, her friend probably needed to hear that. I just, you know, I think it was just good that you was just opening it up, being right. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to Alabaster Jones at Il Capitano 94, who tweeted a clip from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire saying she tried Howard, but Howard had time. And baby... 
It was the game show host who said something that was very smart to Howard, and he intellectually got her ass to fuck up out the paint, and it was so so funny. It's far too long for me to play on the show, but I'm going to retweet it. Look on my timeline, and you'll see the tweet. Um, and it's gotten over like 108,000 retweets oh so goodness. and 195,000 likes, so y'all niggas probably seen it anyway. Um, and then I want to give a really quick shout out to at Bethany Renee underscore Bethany R E N E E, uh, who re who quoted Titty Jenkins tweet. Okay, Titty Jenkins. Titty underscore Jenkins. Titty so you know I'm already sold. Oh. I'm already sold. Okay, I like that. Quoted Titty Jenkins tweet who tweeted, "Bruh, get your words. They have an escape party in somebody's basement, and there's an accompanying oh, video." That. Of these black people in someone's basement on hardwood floors hey. having a literal skate party. All I kept party. thinking was, <laughs> fuck them floors <laughs> up. <laughs> they gonna tear them floors up. But baby, when I tell you they are jamming, they, they, are, good no, they so are jamming fun. in this basement. So just wanted to give a quick shout out today. Y'all so know all of that makes me so, time. so happy. And I also want to give a quick shout out to one of my best friends, friend of the show, family of the show, Drew Shade. Drew! Uh, who tweeted, whose name right now is Caroline Overchange. But anyway, he tweeted, uh, this is the opposite of the up, up, up clip we love. Look at Dustin, and it's a video of oh my God. Little Kim dancing during her performance with Havoc of Mob Deep uh, while they were performing um, the, uh, what's the name of the song? Quiet the Quiet Storm, Storm Remix. Remix. Yeah. And Little Kim was dancing. There's a clip that Asante, myself, and Drew circulated <laughs> amongst our friendship group of Little Kim performing Magic I saw Stick. The clip. Right? Doing a chop to her pelvic area and saying, up, up, up. He want to beat the pussy up. And we laughed at this for years. Literally yeah, years yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's horrible. She looks yeah. like a matador. I, I actually talked about it. It was homework on the show at one point in time. But Drew was saying that this is now the companion piece to that part of Little Kim's dance video content portfolio. Not so like a, a matador. She did. She looked like a ghetto ass matador. You once said she looked like a Gucci Fiat. Remember Asante? <laughs> no. I said little Kim looked like a Fiat, and Asante no. said, "Yeah, the Gucci Fiat," because you know she's so tacky and gaudy sometimes. I saw the video of the dance though, and someone tweeted, and the the <laughs> caption was me looking for my charger under my bed. Okay. <laughs> I said it looked like she was playing with a dog. You know how that's how it looked when you're playing with a puppy. Like, this one, this one. It was just, it was a she's mess. She's so cute. I love her boots. Yeah, and she looked great. I she love did. her she's, I'm glad she's back on her fashion that girl shit. really, like, yes. You know what I mean? Always. She looked great. Yeah. She kept it up. She did. She's I would forever Kim. love her. Yep. She's a legend. There's nothing we can say about that. Now, we going to laugh. And that was her right. best verse ever, but I think. It was, and, it was and, amazing. And she, and she did Legendary. a great job. Yay! She did a great job. Shout out to Lil Kim. Yeah, shout out to Lil Kim. Yay! Y'all ready to jump into this week's episode? Mm -hmm. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, Lil Kim was too. You saw she was pole vaulting off that stage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crying. (laughs) All right, so we've done this um, this as like a trilogy, a three part series. Okay, come on, podcast brochure. Where the first part was where we discussed perfectionism, remember, versus excellence. Mm -hmm. And how sometimes it can be your insecurity, and we even connected it to your parents' voice being that little voice inside you that kind of makes you be extra hard on yourself. And sometimes you just straight up get in the way of your work under the guise of, it's not ready yet. (laughs) I still need more time. Right. Um, And then we connected that to last week's episode, which is the episode about letting go. And we connected the 
perfectionism to how sometimes the voices and the thing, the voices. I know people are like, what? Shut up. The voices. <laughs> just like that. Just like those voices. <laughs> this is your fault with the little voice. Look, okay. Well, since you're going to stop, when you said letting go, <laughs> let it go. Okay. Continue, friends. Sorry. <laughs> the code never. With the, the connection of, of the voices and just the, the, how hard you are on yourself a lot of the times can be attributed to everything you've been through, all the stories that you've been through. So that's how I was seeing it in my mind. So then I wanted to bring it to today's episode where we discuss what enlightenment looks like. What does success look like? What does it look like when you finally get to the other side? Because in my opinion, just from my personal experience and the experience of my peers, I think people have made enlightenment, especially because it's trendy now online. Like everyone's a guru and spits all these amazing quotes and books you should read <sighs> and all these rituals and crystals. And, you know, we've made it such a thing. It's really become a business at the end of the day. But enlightenment isn't, in my opinion, as daunting as people think it is. And I think we make it harder than it is. And so I wanted to kind of discuss the lighter side, if anything, of getting better and whatever that means of healing, of doing the work. I think it's a term that people bring up often, but then people are like, well, what does that mean? What is doing the work? How do I get better? How can I become successful? How do I get over the perfectionism? And how do I let go of the stories? How can I be who I was put on here to be and express what I came to express? So I thought it'd be fun, especially because all three of us are like in a really exciting time in our lives right now. We've been working so diligently and hard on breaking away from the old stories and old timelines of our lives. So I thought it'd be a perfect way to kind of give you guys gems on how we do it. So here's my first question. Question. For you guys, right? <laughs> um, wow. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> My first question is, I really, they need to be cameras in here. Patty LaHale. Shout out to Patty LaHale. <laughs> Remember when she made the Aretha video and Aretha scratched her head and she made the scratching noise? No. Yeah. Oh, she's so genius. <laughs> what is your definition when you think of someone who is doing the work and enlightenment, when you think of the, that side of the healing, which is technically, quote unquote, the other side? What does that mean to you? What is doing the work? What's your definition? And obviously, speaking from like a personal perspective, what does that mean to you? Um, to me, doing the work means putting forth a valiant effort towards some sort of goal, right? Because anything that you take on as a task or something that you want to complete requires work. It requires some sort of action on your behalf. And as adults, we have so much freedom in, in our choices and in the things that we occupy our time with that it's very easy to um, devalue the importance, I guess, of focus. And mm -hmm. so when people actually choose something and decide to focus on it and they go after it incessantly, we automatically identify that as someone doing the work or somebody who is you know, making strides towards something, and then we are actually happy for them once we see it accomplished. You can, on a basic level, not on a basic level, but something, a great example of this would be everyone's um, adoration of Cardi B right now. Mm, it's like we right. watched her, you know, put forth certain effort. We watched her take herself more in, um, increasingly more seriously 
you know, and we watched her presentation become something completely different from what it had been in the beginning. And so now we have a sense of pride in seeing her get these wins. That's why everybody's rooting for her. And so that to me is what it looks like for in its own way. That to me is an example of what it looks like for someone to do the work. You pick something, you focus on it and you work toward it incessantly. Um, And along the way, what the great part is that along the way, you find these other um, areas where you end up benefiting, enriching yourself um, and becoming better. Once you decide to take one thing seriously, it is almost a domino effect across your life. You start taking shit seriously that you never did. Like you'd be looking at the ingredients on toothpaste and shit like, you know, I got a little magnesium sulfate. I don't want my gums. You know, so you start, but you start thinking about shit more than things that you never even gave a fuck about before. You know what I mean? People start dieting. You know what I'm saying? In their own way. Now we know. what you're talking about. I didn't see. I was looking at Face Wash today and it has sacilic acid in it. I was like, do I use You get what I'm saying? Contemplation in areas that, you know, you used to only reserve for like your outfit choice. Or, you know, strategic <laughs> party attendance. Not or, party you know attendance. what I'm saying, um, navigating a room for sexual conquest. Things that were Ooh. deserving of your attention. Now, we looking at labels. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't talking about the tags on your clothes. I mean, nutritional facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Things have Even been, clothes, things gotten different. Sometimes you're trying to look at where the clothes came from. Right, who, who made it. You know, I What's don't it want, made out of and when right. I'm going to wear it? I, you know, I don't want, you know... The McClure twins, you know, sewing my jumpsuit. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, I want to make sure that my shit is like legit. All the laws being followed, you know, fair trade, fair trade, you know, rights, no, no fast, all that fashion. kind of shit. Breaks, you know, everybody need, you know, what is it? Two fifteens and a thirty. Everybody needs that. So, you know, I just want to make sure I'm making good choices, right? And I believe that that is what it looks like for someone to do, quote unquote, the work. There are many different interpretations, right? Many different manifestations of, of this some of them are tangible some of them are intangible but you can always tell and it's always something that you can measure you can measure someone's consistency you can measure someone's I guess willingness you can measure all of those things and so that is how I think that we have begun to quantify success and to even identify what that looks like and that's where we are today the rest is on you but you have to have a natural um, desire or passion for something in order for that to manifest itself into your actions. And it's okay for that to take time. It's okay for that to actually never happen. There's some people who are fine with a methodical life. I come from a place, I've talked about it many times before, where people are encouraged to just be as stable as you can, get a good job, you know, have a nice place to live, drive a nice car, mm-hmm. and that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I've now under, begun to understand life as a creative, and so my perspective is completely different. But that does not detract from or devalue the experience of somebody who is not. You get what I'm saying? Of course not. So that's what doing the work looks like to me. Would you consider yourself enlightened? No. An enlightened being? Mm-mm. What Why I not? am is I'm trying. You get what I'm saying? There's I'm so aware of the unknown for me. I'm so aware of my my um my magnitude and capacity for growth that and the reason I'm aware of that is because I know how I've grown to this point. 
and I used to really be sure about some shit. And the fact that, like, I feel completely different, I've acted completely different, it's like, okay, well, nigga, you might not. You know, the things I thought was stamped, okay? <laughs> Solid, etched, engraved in the fucking headstone, right? They have come to pass. <laughs> like Dionne Warwick, walk on by. They've gone on away. You know, ship sailed. What is she so doing here? I, and I feel differently about shit. You know what I mean? So because of that and because I'm aware that I had that experience I know that there's other things in front of me so now it's like you become you know this bug-eyed fool you're looking around everywhere you know <laughs> with your palms extended you know your fingers webbed out you know like Dead. what's next what do I see and you know am I, am I doing this right and should I go this way should I go that way like J. Anthony Brown said um, you have, or not J. Anthony Brown it was George Wallace was it George Wallace it was George Wallace he was doing a stand-up act back in the day, and he was like, you ever watch TV with a blind person? <laughs> He's like, what's it doing now? What it look like now? It's on the TV now. What's it talking about now? And so I feel like that is my experience, and that ain't no disrespect to nobody. Right. You know, I'm just, it was a joke he said. But I feel like that is my experience now going through life. I'm having so many breakthroughs. And I'm really making mm. an effort mm. to be better. Mm. You know Can't what wait I mean? To get to that part. Not and not even those kind. <laughs> You're so sweet, but personal breakthroughs of like, oh wow, I have clarity for this now, and so that means that I can unlock this and be better at being a good person, which is my ultimate goal. I tell y'all that all the time. Yeah. And so because I'm doing that, that's how I know I'm doing the work. The flip side of that, and you can call it a petty note, but to me, this is on a real note. You'll get your ass whipped quicker these days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fucking with me. I'm because dead. my patience, my bandwidth for just foolishness is becoming lower. so much lower. Same. Because I'm doing so much work on myself so I know it's possible. And so I you really ain't shit to me now if you're not trying. You know <laughs> okay. what I'm saying? Like that's the difference. And so that's why I say my hands, you know, and forearms sometimes too, because I will elbow your ass or you know, smack you right there with like oh smack him in his cabbage with your farm, you know. But like, so things have just, you know, there's a flip side, there's a petty side to everything. But right. the point of this long tirade <laughs> is that I'm no, trying good. to be better. I and love it. That's the work that I'm doing. So that's what I think it looks like. I love that. What about you? What What does doing the work mean to you? I actually agree with a lot of what you said. Like, for me, doing the work is literally being able... And I try to tell people, because from doing this show, people are always like, oh, you quit your job, and, and now you've reached this whole new level. It's playing. Like, you know, how did you do that? And for me, it felt like... I was working really hard, but towards what? Like, I think people think, oh, doing the work, you have to work really hard all the time, no matter what you're doing. But I was kind of working hard aimlessly because I was doing that job where I was exerting a lot of myself. And I was still trying to exert myself in a lot of other areas. But then it was I was still wasting too much time at this work where I was making what I thought was good money, missing out on the greater amount of money. So not that it was even about money. It was more so just about supporting myself. And I had to make a decision of, just supporting myself or be happy or both. And I told myself I wanted both. <laughs> like, I wanted to be able to support myself and be happy. And I also said, I ain't going to work at this job no more. And so part of that, because before I quit my job, I was planning on quitting like a month or two after I actually quit anyway. So it was literally just me having that. I, I felt like I was doing the work outside of work, and I was given an early release, like an early bonus. That's why I was given that <laughs> Nigga, freedom. Nigga, you made parole. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Quitting was like... 
like you don't got to be here no more and not to tell anybody like yeah get up and quit your job and leave the motherfuckers behind but it was like what what did i really have to lose by quitting that restaurant I already worked in a ton of restaurants, right? So I, clearly I have the experience. Clearly I have the connections. What would I really lose if I've left this one place? Like if it was a real make or break situation where things was tight and stuff like that, like I probably would have been fucked in the end. But because I was like literally identifying that this was somewhere I did not want to be because it was giving me a lot more negativity than positivity, which I thought was going to come from a paycheck. I had to do the work to see what it was going to look like to get out of that. We started doing this podcast, started putting out my dreams, goals, aspirations, continued working. You know, I'm the music man. I've always really been the music man. It was just that I finally like had this platform to really share that on with fully expressive. Yeah. I meet people all the time now that listen to the show. Shout out to y'all. Mm-hmm. And y'all be like, oh, you have, you'll be playing the jams. You'll be listening to the jams. And shout out to y'all because y'all be listening to the jams too, mm-hmm. Dustin and friend. So I get to share with everybody all of these cool things now work versus being at work where I got to, you know, make other people happy and make money, but I wasn't making myself happy. So I was losing. So I realized that long term, that wasn't going to be a good thing. And I had to figure out a way whether it was doing the work of getting another job, you know, at another restaurant, or was I going to try to do something to sustain myself outside of this and continue to build whatever I want and create how I want to create. And so I told myself that it was going to be hard, but as long as I can get to the other side, it's going to be fine. And after quitting that job and, and being like a freelancer for months on months on months, like I'm doing fine. I was able to, to go to New Orleans and gamble out my money. Like <laughs> I oh, want some Harris. too. Yes. I love Harris. Did y'all go to Masquerade? I know we didn't go to Masquerade. Oh, Masquerade be lit. We went, we like got grenades. Big. Do you hear me? <laughs> Is Masquerade another uh, It's the club in, in Harris, the club. You oh, know the yeah, club we right were, in the yeah, middle? Yeah, we were in Masquerade. Ooh. I was wasted. I'm sorry, go You're ahead. You know, it was, no, but you know what? I even, just love New Orleans. Even so. going to New Orleans and so being dope. able to reflect after that, like I quit my job and I'm traveling more than I have probably in my entire life. Like I've been traveling more over the past few years, but I think I've traveled more this year alone. Then I had the entire time I was working at that job mm-hmm. and I was supposedly making money there. So I should have been able to travel and do whatever I wanted when I wanted. But I was still leaving my friends like, oh, I ain't got no money. So I ain't going to be there. And then I told myself, I don't want to be that guy no more. So how was I going to reach another level? And I'm trying to I want to do the work because y'all, y'all hear me say all the time. I'm about to be a millionaire. I want to be that dude that y'all call up one day and be like, I got an event. I need to use your jet so I can go across the country. <laughs> so I can be like, yeah, done. Like, I want to do the work enough to be that guy, but I'm not going to just sit here and say, yeah, I want me a jet, and that's it. Right. Like, I actually, like, never mind. But we have been talking <laughs> to people legit about riding on jets and checking jets out. Like, I'm trying to become full-on travel enthusiast. I might take pilot lessons one day if I get oh. some disposable income. Like, that would be the dopest shit in the world, to fly fucking planes, to just be that free. And outside of doing that on a physical level, just to be that free on a spiritual level is amazing. Because I feel like I lived in New York City for so long and it was like creative overload. Like you get exposed to so much and you want to do so much here that it's overwhelming. But then once you kind of line it up and see you're supposed to be here because it's the place that has all the things that you want. But you have to figure out how you're going to actually get them. And once you do get them, you reach this level to where they come to you with ease. So then... I'm at this point to now where once I do get all the things that I know I'm going to have, how do I remain, uh, how do I remain, 
I don't want to say ego-free, but how do I remain humble and appreciative and continue to build without becoming like a different person? Because I feel like I see people, you know, uh, do their work. And then after they've reached a certain level, they change a little bit. And I know that you have to change and it's inevitable. But that's one of those things that I worry about when I uh, think about doing the work. It's like, I don't want to be coming off like I have, like, you've changed because, yeah, that's going to happen. But I want it to be like, a, like, damn, you changed. Like, damn, this is cool. That's what's up and inspire the people around me in some way to be like, like, okay, I'm about to do my shit this way. Cause that's how I look at everybody else. When everybody else, when something good happens for them, I'm inspired. Like, Oh, that, that was dope for them. Like, okay, I, I got some dope shits going on too. Like I should get back to that. Right. Like, not like a, damn, they got something going on. Like, fuck, like this is some bullshit. Me, me, me. Like, cause then you are out of a moment. Cause I feel like when, like when Dustin had his effing vodka thing, <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I don't drink vodka anymore. I went and I got vodka. Oh, F and vodka. I was like, I was like, my friends in this campaign, so you know you gotta get this vodka. It was Thank nasty. <laughs> it was. No, I'm just kidding. It was great. That's vodka so still cute. you can still make some really good drinks with F and vodka. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Anyway, I just thought to myself, like, it's it's a win for you because it makes you happier and it makes you want to come to work and do great. And outside of that, it's like uh a moment in your life and then like we're around for that and so once you have these moments you want to be able to remember these moments and the people that you share that with and you want those people to always want more for themselves too so that's why i, I struggle with that changing part and not wanting people to think like oh you got an ego because you want something different because even how they responded to you last week talking about what you said and how it came off a certain way it's about us as people not us looking at other people saying you should do this with yourself like if you're right. looking inside yourself right now you know these are some things you could look for right so would you consider yourself an enlightened person absolutely not <laughs> i'm shocked that both of y'all said no so quickly you're not even giving yourself okay, well, credit i okay so my how i would define enlightenment because maybe I have to define it to, and then I can tell you why I say no. I would say enlightenment is when I'm at that stage to where I am more sure about certain things. Like, I feel like as I reach new levels, I become more sure. Like, I'm building these foundations of sureness in all these different areas and aspects. So if I think about being enlightened, I'm sure in uh, more areas than I am unsure of. Like, right now, I'm super unsure about a lot of things. Like, I'm not down or out about any of them it's just part of the process right now and i'm working to be more become uh, rest assured about a lot more things and then i feel like i'd become more enlightened on certain planes but i don't think i'll ever become i'm not sure if i'll ever become fully enlightened in this lifetime okay (laughs) (laughs) so okay so now i'm like trying to turn the question on myself that's right friend right So what is my definition of doing the work? To me, it ties into the perfectionism episode and the letting go story, letting go of your stories episode. And obviously, you guys listening, this is my opinion. This is Fran's school of thought. So like always, you have the right to agree and disagree. But I think... Respectfully, niggas. Respectfully, right. Exactly. We're all adults. Um, I think... I think people have made enlightenment to seem like it's you sitting, and we were joking about this on the tour, that it's you sitting like at the top of a mountain (laughs) with like a cloak on, completely disengaged from the world and able to, you know, hold a frequency that is like above everything that's happening. Like, I think that's what people picture. Someone who has fully who is like fully self-realized and like perfectly mastered and 
nothing affects you. And that's why I think it's so quick for you guys to say, I'm definitely not enlightened. Because I think there's a part of you guys that think it's something unattainable. Because I think mm. that's kind of what's been picked, like painted of enlightenment. You think of like Buddha. You know what I mean? Something that is like a perfect person. Right. But in my understanding, I really think enlightenment in my book is when you're aware of the triggers. It doesn't mean you fix them, but it means you're aware mm. and you can like, let's say if you say something and in that moment, it takes me back to like a whole different timeline where now like it matches the tone of maybe someone who had disrespected me. So like you just took me to my past. I have to be aware that that's happening in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to be like, mm, he sounds like so-and-so and that's why I'm feeling this way. And then I can say it. I can either choose to say it to you and be like, oh, you just took me somewhere else. <laughs> Give me a second because I need to like recalibrate because I still haven't really worked this out, which I know most people won't say to someone because right. it might sound a little intense. Recalibrate. Right. Be like, okay, that's a lot. Or I can just say that internally and be like, this has nothing to do with Asante. This right. is a whole old story that I'm bringing into my present, which is why I tell people you have to work on stuff and let it go because what happens is you will keep referencing from your past into your present and missing out on current interactions and what they could be because you're referencing old books and old timelines of shit that's happened. Instead of me just saying to you, I don't like how that makes me feel or mm, maybe you should talk to me a little bit different. You know, like, let's just say it, say what it is in the moment instead of like harboring it, connecting it to an old story and then becoming a victim, you know, and, and turning it into like a woe is me. And that's what I'm saying. You have to let things go because you will continue to carry them and you won't be able to feel the world in its full expression as it is today because mm. your mind is in an old book. That's why I come from where I say that. So I, if someone asked me, do you think you're enlightened? I would say, yes, absolutely. I totally think I am. Does that mean I think I'm perfect? Hell no. I don't even know if that's a possibility. I, I've never met someone who's fully realized and perfect. Even people that have studied for years and, you know, lived in an ashram in India and did silent retreats for 30 days. I think I've actually, to be honest, the spiritual people I have met, I actually find them sometimes less enlightened than, than people that aren't even in that world. Because I think sometimes mm. you can get so caught up in theory and in books that you don't really live in the real world. And then you think that that means that you're doing something well. But to me, the true test of what you're reading is when you can absorb the theory and then apply it. Right. That to me is enlightenment. Who's not going to be enlightened if they stay home? <laughs> Well, then, God damn it, call me Fenty Beauty because I might be a <laughs> highlighter, too, God damn it. Fran, I might be highlighted or enlightened. I might be enlightened. I totally think you <laughs> I are. Might. Now, and the reason, I, I, the reason Do you that, see your triggers when it happens? Yes. Fran, when you said, I always talk about this, too, when you have the opportunity to think first, right? So just like you were saying, as you're in this in conversation and you, you may be triggered or whatever— I do that every day, all day, especially with people that are important to me. I literally compute 
like that, the way that you describe mm-hmm. internally. I don't really do it externally because that gets tricky. I mean, it could be a lot. And people can respond to it and it can change the direction or it can make them misunderstand your intention. Of course. So Especially I just kind of keep close. it. Yeah. I so I just kind of keep And sometimes when you are. So <laughs> right, I just too. try to keep it, you know, internal. But I do that. Mm-hmm. And so if that means... Like to me, I said, this You're is, right. like I said, according this is per your per my yeah. understanding of <clears throat> enlightenment, I just think that we have made it something so unattainable, and I and I and I and I, it kind of bothers me sometimes because I see people that don't understand how powerful they are, you know, because we really don't give ourselves that credit. And I think when people say, you got to do the work, you got to get better, it seems like this transformation that you think is like, oh, like I got to, you know, become the better, bigger person overnight. And it's like, that's not true. There are moments where the pettiness will kick up in me and that doesn't make me any less enlightened because I make a choice. But the difference now is that I see the choice. It's in front of me. I see two timelines. I describe this at, at... I forget which retreat. I think it may have been New York. My life now splits into two timelines mm. of my old habits and my new habits. My new habits, if I decide to go on that timeline, it's being me. It's That's who I am. Like who I really purely, like pure source friend. I'm always coming from a place of love, always going to be the bigger person. Then there's the old timeline, which is... <laughs> <laughs> the one that might be a little petty, <laughs> the one who's carrying those old stories of everything I've ever been through. So if I'm carrying that on my back, remember I said hell is not a place, it's an energy. That to me is what hell is, not letting go of everything that's happened to you and then treating people with those stories all fucking day long. That is hell. That's hell. <laughs> because everything that is a problem. Is everything is, is a problem. And so you're literally petty and triggered and and exhausted and drained and the world is against you all day long. And I think from what I've learned in my studies on like how to rewire the brain, remember we've studied this in the wellness segments with the coloring books. Remember we were studying like how why do coloring books help people relax? And it's it's a neurochemical thing. It's like the neurotransmitters when you are in a in a a state of stress and trigger and old timeline, let's just call it that for now, your body shoots out chemicals that make you want to fight or flight all day long. So you're in like a constant state of stress. Chemically, you chemically change your body to think that that's your normal frequency, which is why I say stop talking about the old shit. Fix it, though. Fix it. You got to fix it. You can't just stop talking about it and think that that is something. Right. You have to go get help because you to stop talking about it in my book means that you truly confronted it. Like I've confronted, I can sincerely tell you guys, I've confronted everything I have ever been through. I worked it out, whether it was with the person directly or I got help for it if I felt like it was beyond my scope of understanding But now that's why people are like, oh, you know, you're so calm and Fran is always so nice. I'm not trying to be nice. That's not even what's happening here. (laughs) No, because it's not. It's not like I'm sitting here like, I'm going to be nice to this person. It's not even there. It's that I'm coming from a very present state of Fran. So my brain isn't fragmented 
I've said it before, when you're in the past, you're depressed because you can't change it. When you're in the future, you're anxious because you're not even there yet and you're worried. Who has time for either of those feelings? I'm right here talking to you today in the now. That's the calmest version of Fran you're ever going to get. So our job in the whole, quote unquote, doing the work is to stay present. That's what that means. I know you hear it all the time, but that is the best version of Dustin. That's the best version of Asante, the best version of Fran, the best version of all the listeners that anyone is going to get is if I'm talking to you on today's timeline and not judging your tone, your words, your actions, how you're uh, connecting to me based on an ex or my uncle or my mom or God knows who said what to me. And it's just me and Asante looking at each other right now today. So you know what happens? We start changing the chemicals and neurotransmitters are on our brain because I'm not fight or flighting you. You're not fight or flighting me. So the chemicals relax a little bit like, oh, okay, this isn't a threat. Oh, shit. And that's how you rewire your brain. Because now you're shooting regular ass chemicals that your body was wired to shoot. Blanks. <laughs> <laughs> now you're shooting blanks. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn, I don't want to be in like. <laughs> no, you didn't. I'm dead. No, but. They say the change, and this is a quote I got from a website called thebestbrainpossible.com, which I love. I mean, <laughs> go today. <laughs> it says, change is mostly limited to those situa situations in which the brain is in the mood for. So if you are alert, on the ball, engaged, motivated, present right now, neurochemicals necessary to enable brain change start coming out. So this isn't a thing of, you have to be positive. I'm not on that no more. Because <laughs> I understand that that's just Man, not, that. it's no, not it's realistic. It's not sustainable. You need to be mad. You need to get the full range Samantha's of right. your feelings in order to understand them and in order to master them. So this isn't about repression, suppression, hiding what happened to you. No, no, no. Cry. Scream. Yell. Get it out. Because you need to understand why you're feeling that way. I say all the things that I have been through have given me depth. They've given me depth on people. They've given me depth on what people are capable of, how people think, what I'm capable of, how I think. And it's that depth that because I've allowed it to teach me as opposed to me sitting in the pain and just living in it and, living in it and reenacting from the wound all day long and making everything a problem... I have healed it, so now I have grace. And I think that depth and grace, that is the definition of doing the work. Wow, today. Francesca. Does that make sense? So Girl. I think that's the goal. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I'm not going to get it right all the time. But I promise you that more often than not, you're going to get the friend that is tapping into her depth and meeting you with grace now in this timeline. Because that's who I prefer to be. Because that Fran is way more successful <laughs> than mm -hmm. the Fran who's thinking about all the pain she's been through and then judging you for it when you didn't even do anything to me. That when it has nothing to do with you. So <laughs> here's my question, right? Mm -hmm. Let's sense. say... <laughs> You, you look, you over here. This is this is what happens when I come from the one. retreat. <laughs> oh, oh, well, 
All the women, man, they that energy is potent. So let's just take it back for a second, just a little bit, right? Let's take it back to the moment where we were talking, we were discussing your friends. Oh fuck! Sorry, friend. You you hit like ten lessons, like back to back to back. Like That's good. Only because I feel like I'm always thinking about stuff in my head like that too. Like you know, where is this coming from? This, that, and the third. And I feel like before I used to talk to myself so much in my head. I guess I thought that that was, I think maybe I was battling perfection in those moments. It wasn't even about judgment. It was just about like curiosity and all this stuff. So then I think I had to like shut all that out. And I didn't know I needed to filter some of that out stuff out still. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I just shut it out completely. I was like, all right, just don't even think and just go. And so like, I thought that that was me being present, but I wasn't actually doing the work while being, you know, while pretending to be present because really all it was was just an act well that was suppression oh suppression right which is why the girl that that i read her comment when she said she disagreed is because she i think she misinterpreted me saying your story is irrelevant right she i think she thought i was saying like forget it and no never ever because the reason that you gave up is because you probably felt that in your processing taking so long it probably made you come across weird like people like what's up with this dude like and it looks like you're shutting down in that moment when in reality you're just internalizing what's happening and trying to like figure it out but to the outside world it's a shutdown right and i used to do the same thing but what happened is your processing starts to get faster right where you start being, because you work, like I said, this is why you have to get angry. This is why you have to cry. This is why you have, because you need to understand those emotions. Like I said, you need to understand them to be able to master them. So when someone makes me want to cry or someone makes me angry, I always know where it's coming from. And my machine processes faster. So it's like, friend, you know what this is, move on. Nothing to do with this person. And that's, to me, enlightenment. It's the it's turning your mind, and I've said it before, into an observation deck where you separate yourself. Haz always says it. You're not living life as the person. Like, the, these thoughts, don't be that person. Be the observer of the thoughts. And once you master that, that separation, where it's like, I'm not thinking this. I'm observing who's thinking this then life feels totally different. I feel like if I do it, I'm going to end up talking to everybody like Papa Pope. <laughs> I feel like if I do that shit, I'm going to end up talking to like I'm on schedule. Now, if you want to do that one way, then you're going to have to do this to it. And if you want to do that to me, then don't you even think for one second. I'm going to execute it. I feel like that's how I'm going to talk to everybody once I start being the observer of my thoughts, okay? I'm, no, I'm telling just you, that's it is, G- that is real. altering when you separate yourself from your emotions. And I've said it before, emotions is energy in motion, which means that thing you're feeling so strongly right now, just like Dustin said, there were things that he was so sure about. Yep. And now he's like, wow, no, that's not even me. Why is that? Because they passed already. You learned what you were supposed to learn from it. Mm. You got what you were supposed to get from it. And you're no longer there. Which is why when I mentioned last week, someone telling me I should do a tour of trigger warning of sexual abuse. I'm like... That's an old story. I learned what I was supposed to learn from that experience. I gathered the data collection. It was a data collection of me being like, whoo, okay, now I understand women who have been through this. 
I understand men who have done this to people. Like, it gave me a level of depth that I could not have learned in a book. But now I can speak to people in a certain way. It doesn't mean that I'm going to speak to a girl and tell her about what happened to me. I don't need to tell her that. Right. But I can speak to her from what I've learned of what happened to me. If you so choose. If I choose. And I think the beauty of it... and, and Tell me if this is just me. Sometimes you want to vent to someone and when they start telling you a story of like when it happened to them, for some people that works, for other people that's annoying. Right. Sometimes I just want someone to listen to me. I don't want you to tell me a story of how you connect to it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sometimes I can actually do the opposite. Like allow the person to say what they're going to say. And you can respond with the depth of what you've been through as opposed to sharing the story. That's how I feel. That's where I'm at now. That's a hell of a perspective. That's where I am at now. So if I speak to a young lady that is going through that, I'm not going to be like, girl, let me tell you what happened to me. No. She needs the connection through the grace that I have to offer her now with what I've been exposed to. So that's my understanding of like how you connect with your stories as opposed to being defined by them. I'm not defined by any of that shit that happened, but I am an amazingly powerful mind now because of all that shit that's happened. And for that, I am grateful. And that's how you change your brain. You rewire your brain to not sit in the pain. I'm sitting in the lesson. I extracted the lesson and let go of the pain. And that's how I can keep moving. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> and don't stop like the hands of time. <laughs> now, here's my last question before we move on. How do you Baby. deal? <laughs> how do you deal when you've done, or rather, not done the work, because I think it's something that's ongoing. Yes, When Lord. you're doing the work, but you're around people who may not be interested in doing their work. How do you maintain those connections without being judgmental? Without looking at them as if, like, mm, they're not doing the work. Like, if it's something where it's a, you know, me versus them dynamic. How do you continue to live in the world where people aren't doing what you're doing? Hate the sin, love the sinner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, I don't feel like I can tell or dictate anybody what anybody else is doing or has to do. So I kind of feel like anybody in my life or even the bullshit that happens that pe- from people that aren't in my life, strangers on the street, I feel like all of those are lessons that are part of my work too. So like Love when that. something kind of hits me that I feel like, oh, like I shouldn't even be dealing with this no more. Like I feel like shit is always going to happen. I, I hate that I say that, but something is always going to happen. But, you know, if it's happened to you once and you've been like, all right, you know, something like this has happened to me, I can process it differently when it happens to me the next time. So if it's, like, somebody that I have to deal with and I feel like something that they're doing is putting me back through this process, whatever it is, um, even though I feel like I may have already been through that, I can look at them and be like, you know, maybe they just haven't done whatever they need to do, and that's cool. They might not have connected to it because they might... I'm not going to sit here and be like, you need to worry about X, Y, and Z. Right. Because... That's so annoying. They, If they're not worried about X, Y, and Z, who am I to tell them that they should like I don't feel like I can back up anything that I have to say to be like you need to do this you know to change your life unless I feel like unless I feel like someone is being super reckless and even in that case they are being super reckless like they still have to go through whatever they need to go through that's their and, assignment right and not to say you know I'm, I'm if I see it with the needle I'm not gonna tell her to put it down 
I'm, but I'm definitely gonna be like, what's going on with that needle? <laughs> uh, that's what you do. I don't really a little a look, needle. <laughs> oh my God. A little a needle. A little a needle. <laughs> what you doing with that needle? Like I would really just be confused, but at the same time, it's like. You might know what you're doing, and I might be overstepping. This might be a scene from a TV show. Like, there's a million and one things that are happening that I feel like if I'm going to remain present, I might not need to worry about because it's not happening to me or affecting me. I, As a human being, I try my best to help others as I see fit. But that unsolicited stuff, I don't feel like I need to do that. Unless it's somebody I really care about, and I feel like I can back up and provide the data to be like, this is how I want to help, and if you can take this from me, I would be more than willing to give it to you. Love that. What about you, Dustin? You know, for me, um, it begins in the nature of my relationship with the person on the other side of the conversation. So in order for me to even put forth this much effort into understanding how to operate in someone's space or understanding how to coexist or understanding how to communicate with a person, I have to love you, okay, in order for me to do this much work. So let's start there. So that means that all my actions are going to be rooted in that fact. I'm working this hard toward um, whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish with you because I love you. So I'm coming from that place. So it's going to motivate me to continue to do the work with you that it takes for us to be happy together um, in whatever, you know, uh, circumstance it is if it's a work relationship if it's a friendship if it's a lover if it's a family member all of those people it's if you're dealing with somebody you love you remember that and it motivates your actions right from there I also am a person who comes from a place where there was a general moral code of minding your own business right. so I'm not really the guy who's going to be intrusive or comparative when it comes to, you know, where you're at, what you're doing or whatever. I'm not looking at what anybody else is doing and comparing it to my shit or vice versa or even getting in anybody's business like that to understand that I'm operating at a certain speed or at a certain level and somebody else is operating at whatever level. I celebrate the successes of my friends because I'm genuinely happy for them. And I'm there as a support system if they have some sort of failure. Because that's the kind of heart I got. But beyond that, you know, that's your business. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? So I don't really have an issue of gauging, monitoring, um, or really even concerning myself with what pace the people around me are growing at. Because I love them and I'm just happy for them when they're good and there to help when they're not. Now, past that... Um, yeah, I just mind my own business. You know, it's not really it's my fair. business. Now, sometimes yeah. that doesn't mean that, you know, I've never been in a space where because I love someone, I want to offer some sort of guidance or assistance or help or whatever. But when I'm having those types of conversations with people, um, I work diligently to make sure that there's no room for misinterpretation. You're not going to feel like I'm being judgmental. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Casting judgment on your progress. You will completely understand that I'm offering you um, opportunities or I'm offering you um, space to create ideas, you know, for things that will make your life great because you know that I want you to have a good life. You're holding space. So for it's them. totally yeah. different. Mm -hmm. So I don't ever run into that because I'm honestly, you guys know me. I don't give a fuck what nobody else is doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. I'm doing my thing 
And I want everybody else to be super happy and super good. So I mind my own damn business. I worry about myself like that little little kid. Worry about yourself. <laughs> I worry about myself. And I just want the best for the people that I love. Outside of that, I don't care enough to do the work to figure you out. We don't mesh. We just don't mesh. And if I don't have to make it make sense, if we don't have to work together, we don't have to be around each other, you're not my friend, What is? what's the point? Why would I even do any of this? I'd rather be somewhere eating Thai food, watching VH1 on a Monday night, <laughs> chilling. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's, let's be clear that that's what this type of work is reserved for, people that I love right. and that I have that type of care for. Okay. That's all. For me, I've found a correlation mm-hmm. between my level of judgment of others and how I speak to myself. There's mm. always a correlation. The times where I'm being the hardest on myself, I notice is, is this usually around the same time where I'm like super judgy of someone else. It's almost like mm. you see something in them that you are internally feeling mm-hmm. as well even if, if it might not be the same story or the same thing it'd but be like it's Christina like, Aguilera reflection <laughs> look right? at me it just hits you it's like damn what the fuck is going on you just get and, and I was saying that to the girls this weekend I was like have you ever had a friend who like was telling you a story and it's like they couldn't see themselves and you see them with such clarity and you just get so fucking annoyed because you're like, why are you thinking this way? Like you're so much bigger than this, so much better. And it's like you're able to see everything about them, like their full expression, but they're so limited to their story in that moment that they're not doing what I'm saying about being the observer of the story and trying to figure out how, like I said last week, this didn't happen to you. It happened for you to collect the data and think, okay, how will this help me gain depth so I can come out a better version than I was before this happened? And when you can see that happening in your friend, but they can't, and you get so frustrated because they're so stuck on this one chapter. But you have to notice that you do the same shit to yourself. Mm. And we're so quick to spot it elsewhere and not as quick to spot it internally. And I've learned that about myself. I'm very hard on my friends sometimes because I'm like, I just want you to be good. And then I'm like, wow, but you're hella hard on yourself too. So the more love and compassion I've like mastered for me, where I've even said I've changed. God, it's been so life altering. My internal voice that was like hard on me. I've changed it where like I baby myself. I talk to myself so sweet. Anything I accomplish, I'm like, oh my God, you're so amazing. I fucking love you. You're the shit. Like I talked the hell out of myself. I gas myself. I tell myself how amazing I am. And I mean it. Like I mean it. Cause I don't, there's no praise like self praise. <laughs> you know what? And it helps. It's it does. necessary. It's it, so it, necessary. Like, I love everything I'm doing right now. I make sure to tell myself, girl, you did that. You were fucking dope. Like, mm-hmm. that was great. Oh my God, you just so good. Make sure to talk to myself that way. And the more I do that, when I'm able to see people that they might not have stepped into their power, I have compassion for them as opposed to judgment Mm. because I know how you know how hard it is to change. Mm -hmm. You know how hard it is to change little habits. How can you expect someone else to change when you know how hard it is to change? Mm. 
You mm. have to be compassionate to change and how fucking difficult it is. There's certain things that I've been doing for years that I'm like, when are you going to stop? Man. That was wrong with you. Man. But then we get mad at someone else if they don't do what we want. It's so because. twisted. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> it's so <laughs> twisted. It's so twisted. So all in all. Like a Senegalese. <laughs> you know, them uh, Senegalese twists that them girls be getting. <laughs> it's twisted. I'm telling you. <laughs> so that's this week's hot button issue. Hopefully you found some gems. Damn, that was a go. Or some, <laughs> some alignment in what where you're at and where you're trying to go. And that's that. That's it. That's it. That's Tie it. it up and ship it out. <laughs> That's it. Look, but that's the word about talking to yourself positive, though, because you know that little you ghetto voice that I do. To. Now I have to do that for good things too, because I used to do it for bad shit. It's like, damn, like shit like that. So now, like when I, I'm like, I'm like, just get it or do it for yourself. You got I to. I was root for myself now with that little funny. I wish voice. y'all could hear my internal voice. I be gassing the Are you gonna fuck sing? out of myself. Does she, sing? she doesn't sing. She just promotes. Mine sound like <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> You did good, nigga. <laughs> now keep going. You know what you got to do. So yeah. For the longest mind just danced like Rosie Perez. <laughs> <laughs> On the observation deck. I'm dead. But that's it. That's it. We that's love you guys. It. Don't forget that this week's episode is brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company. Talkspace makes it easy to connect with an experienced, licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. You can send your therapist texts, audio, and video messages, or you can even do a live video chat. No matter the time or location, you can speak with your Talkspace therapist on the web or over the phone without scheduling, traveling, or worrying about your privacy. Talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training. And Talkspace is 100% confidential. You can remain completely anonymous if you want. Start therapy now with a licensed therapist that understands how you live your life today. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash friendzone. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code FRIENDZONE to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast. That's code FRIENDZONE and Talkspace.com slash FRIENDZONE. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Now let's jump into this week's wellness segment. Well, well, look, I believe in myself. I'm about to <laughs> sing this really good. Do it. Well, 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 well. You got I, it. I, Sing, nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Modulation. I'm dead. So, okay. So, do you know that, like, ro- okay, let me scale back because my brain is still, like, on five different topics right now. Girl, you was on fire, girl. You need to take a break. Okay? <laughs> right, my brain's like, commercial break right here. <laughs> <laughs> my brain's like, where are you going right now? Where are you going? On fire. So, vibrational frequency. Ooh. Remember, let's go back to school science lessons, right? Everything okay. vibrates. Everything. Everything Vibrate. from the table in front of you to you as a person. They say that every atom in the universe has a specific vibratory or periodic motion. And each periodic motion has a frequency, which is the number of oscillations per second, how it's moving. And these can be measured in what they call hertz. 
So every element, you remember the periodic table? Mm -hmm. Everything around us has a movement to it. It has a vibration. It has a frequency that can actually be measured to a number. Wow. It's amazing. And they've created really like, uh, what do they call them? Bio, I have to remember the name. But they're these monitoring systems that can measure the frequency. Hold on, I'm trying to look. Yeah, it's modified and been perfected over the year, but it measures bioelectrical. That's the word mm. I was looking for. Bioelectrical frequencies, even in plants. They can measure the vibration of a freaking plant. What did yeah. the one in Little Shop of Horrors get? <laughs> Probably the lowest. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing that these waves are generated and travel out from everything. Have you ever st stood next to someone and for whatever reason you just felt terrible? Yeah, especially in the summertime on the train. <laughs> I was just about to say it's not their the smell, train. but something <laughs> about them just felt terrible. Like you didn't oh, even yes. meet them, mm -hmm. didn't say a word to each other, but something that means that you guys are just at different frequencies, and whatever they were emitting and whatever you were emitting was not vibing. That's why the word vibe is vibration. It's the vibration you're putting out. The vibration. <laughs> Right, mine so, is the jam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so essential oils have vibrations to them. They all Ooh. have numbers. And they're, like I said, oh, they're measured by wow. hertz. Right. So they have different frequencies. So I've been noticing lately, I've never liked the smell of like rose mm -hmm. scented products. Like it always makes you think of like old ladies, mm -hmm. like their perfume. It stinks. It's just like, I don't know, it has a very geriatric vibe yeah just never really worked for me it makes me think my grandma when she would dress up like that was her scent Put a little rose cream right but i'm able to look past the scent or rather smell past the scent um <laughs> and focus on the vibrational effect that it has on me and i noticed that i lately that i've been like feeling really good like i've just been feeling good i've been feeling clear i won't even say happy I won't say joyful or sad. I'm kind of more in the eye of the storm where it's just settled, just there. But I've been attracted to like rose-scented things. And so I looked it up. And you know that rose, especially the essential oil, is the most highest vibrational frequency of anything. Really? Rose. That's the <laughs> nickname. <laughs> it has a frequency of 320 megahertz, which is like really high vibration. That means that you put it on, if you just sniff it, if you put it on, mix it, it is a, a potent oil. So you want to mix it with maybe like jojoba or coconut oil or even rose candy, like rose anything. You notice that everything now is like rose gold and mm -hmm. rose burgundy. <laughs> We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I Go actually ahead. know who that is. I didn't tell y'all. I caught up just Ooh. to be <laughs> I, I wanted to surprise y'all. But anyways, so I was like, what is it that I've been feeling like a vibrational match to rose-scented things? And that's what made me look it up. And I was like, that's so amazing because a lot of the times... We focus so much on like manifestation and like I have to think positive so that I can get everything I want. But a lot of the times you have to f clear your minds of the stories, mm -hmm. clear your mind and, and find like the quietness so that you can let in things like even something like a high vibrational oil. And it's amazing how 
sorry to get all preachy on y'all, but how God can even create plants and every it's almost like you're fully supported like there's food that's high vibrational there's uh, products that you can use that's why when i've always talked about natural products Mm -hmm. it's not that i was trying to be like an ingredient judge it's more so that they genuinely made me feel better and when i looked those up those all had like high vibrational frequencies so i love that there's like a science to this shit it's not just I you know a you theory should, yeah, yeah it's not just like I rather use this you know we always pump the thing of like chemicals and don't use chemicals and what it's like it's so much deeper than that a lot of these chemicals just don't have a vibration that is going to help yours get higher mm. and so if you use and I would love for you guys that are listening to I'm sure a lot of you already know this but those of you that don't research the megahertz research the vibrational frequencies i know that sounds so hippy dippy but Let's bear look with at me the, the megahertz and mcdonald's i'm dead that's probably death well <laughs> first of all i thought the megahertz was the car rental place that had all the cars like they had the suv <laughs> and the, the megahertz, luxury the all that i thought that was the megahertz like hertz <laughs> car dead. rental i didn't know and then they even have let's say cuz especially for you asante that you are the music man so are you gonna give me some roses no listen okay sorry audio would most likely Uh, be the best way to reach you if i was like hmm how can i help asante i wouldn't help you by telling you stories to make me me feel bad (laughs) i wouldn't help you by trying to relate to you through tragedy i would help you by trying to raise your vibration the way that i would help you by doing that is that I would find a, what they call solfeggio frequencies. That's S-O-L-F-E, S-O-L-F-E-G-G-I-O, solfeggio frequencies. And these frequencies basically have been measured out. Their tone has been measured out of the vibration that they emit, emit in the hertz, right? The same way that everything else has been measured. And so let's say you're feeling low and you want to listen to something that'll bring you up to a higher hertz. You would play this tone and it's really like subtle. They have it on YouTube where you can say high vibrational frequency and you'll play it. And they have ones that is just the tone. Like it'll literally just be like, ooh, and you can just have it playing in the background of your house while you like commuting, wherever you need it. Sometimes they mask it within music. And, you know, I was looking up Hmm. Pharrell and he used, I know, I'm telling you, this shit is a fucking science. Once you look at the world in terms of (laughs) vibration, I was like, I wonder artists that are really successful, if they use these frequencies in their music that are lifting our vibrations. And while we think, damn, this song makes me feel good, but it's actually a science to why they chose certain tones in the songs. So you mean to tell me Shake That Ass, Shake Your Ass by <laughs> Mystical is going to make me... It's a it vibra- could very well be a vibrational frequency. Did they do mm. it intentionally mm. where the producer was like, I'm going to raise vibrations? Probably not. <laughs> right, it's probably more for nasty But songs. he could have done it subconsciously and not even realize that it was raising his vibration in that moment and that's what he wanted to put out Wow! but Pharrell who we know is like you know dabbles in the world of like spirituality and vibes I'm so curious I actually would love to look up some interviews if he did that intentionally because even songs like Happy and what's the one he did with Daft Punk um oh um Balm and Gilead (laughs) 
funny. You know what I'm talking about? That it yeah. was huge that yeah. summer. Daft Punk had so many like sample oh, hits. It's on the tip of my tongue. Lucky. Lucky. Yes. She's up all night to get lucky. That one. So all those use really high frequencies. So that's why you feel so good when you turn it on. Because you're like, damn, I feel ha-. like you actually feel happy because you begin to raise your vibration and match that high vibration. Now, is it healthy? Probably not because you're matching something else. So then when the song is over, <laughs> what happens? Right. So Crash. I'm not saying. <laughs> Crash. So I'm not saying to build a dependency. I'm assuming it's it's very similar to drugs or anything that will give you the escapism in that moment. But it also teaches you about the dopamine, you know, like the things that are the loop, baby. The game, the the things that are helping and and you know endorphins and release the chemicals. But I'm saying if you surround yourself by music and oils and food and things, be more mindful of the vibration that it's emitting into your day because a lot of the times they can be not helping. Hmm. I think of, I always laugh at these little uh, mumble rappers. A lot of them are really depressed, like really depressed. Like when you listen to their lyrics, I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck am I listening to? This kid is like talking about his friend who killed himself. You know, like it's like a lot of really heavy things and we are so attracted to a lot of those songs. And it's because a lot of us are sad. And so you get, you feel connected, but it's also a vibrational thing. So all I say all that to say this. Do your research on vibrational frequencies and be mindful of the ones that can help you raise yours. And look at the science of everything. Y'all know I love science. Like, I I wish I could have been someone who studied it younger so I could be, like, out of here with all the facts. I'm still learning. I try to learn and do my little research here and there. But I just found that fucking fascinating. What do you feel about sound therapy? I think it's amazing. Have you ever watched the Bill Nye thing on uh, Netflix? No. He has an episode on sound therapy? So, in one of the episodes... They do, um, so basically it's like, you know, his hot button issue and then he has like a panel discussion with some people and brings in experts and whatnot. On the second episode, I believe they were talking about sound therapy. He sent somebody out into the field and the guy was, uh, like listening to the vibrations of all these things in this, uh, place that he went to the store and the guy was talking to him about it. Anyway, Bill Nye and them were basically just up there not having it for that. Like, Bill and I was like, all right, like, let's get back to the science. And I, I was just so shocked and thrown. I would have thought somebody like Bill Nye. And I'm would not be more responsive. Right. At least open to it or to, or to break of, it down. A lot of scientists don't fuck with consciousness. Like, they just think it's, it's you know, hokey. Like, the, that's why I've always loved Einstein. I've always been really drawn to his work because he's always been at the intersection between science and consciousness. Mm. And to me, they mirror each other in so many ways. It's just using different language. So when scientists are against certain things, I'm like, yo, we're literally saying the same shit. You know, frequencies, they call it frequencies. We call it vibes. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, the language is the same. Right. Like, it's the same shit. It's just, like, a different language, I should say. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised, you know, right. to hear a scientist kind of think that this is all, like, a mess. But I just wanted to put that in, in your ear, especially because we are working on 
raising our vibrations. I'm trying to get us out of our old timelines and stories. But instead of just saying it's a problem, I want to offer a solution. So I want you guys to definitely look into that. And I do have to shout out Lone, who is the sponsor. <laughs> Lone Deodorant. Lone Deodorant was a sponsor of my tour. They are high vibrational women. And that's why I fuck with them yep. so hard because everything they create is vib- high vibrational. So the fact that the women on the tour get to walk away with a box of that, you know, like I'm telling you, everything is intentional on my tour. It makes me so happy to be aligned with people who think in the same terms that I do as far as what I want to offer the world. And they actually just hit me sending, letting me know that they had sent me like a huge box of like new products that they're testing out. I'm like their little guinea pig. And they had a rose spray. <laughs> look at now, you see I that? I can't. I can't. Somebody look up rose in the number book. <laughs> Word, uh. They had a freaking rose spray mist that you spray on your face and your hair, and it's just like a quick reset. Like it literally says that. I looked it up on the site, and it literally is just a quick. Look how cute. Mm. Isn't that cute? And it's the perfecting mist rose. And it says it's an infuse, a moisture infusion. It has hydrosols too, which hydrosols is usually what they get when when they're creating essential oils. They get it from the steam that's left over. They use that to turn it into hydrosols. So it's like more of the essence of the plant. You can spray it on yourself. And I'm telling you, they know what they're doing. But it's amazing for your glow. I actually have always used rose sprays in the winter. Because, you know, when your face is so dry and you're outside waiting yes. for the train, <laughs> your face starts like, you know, you get like the little patches and cracks <laughs> and shit. And you just spray it with rose water, which is so just sexy and earthy and gorgeous and to me. it smells good, too. It smells fresh. And you spray your face and it gives you that dewy look even in the winter. Right. Not and Vaseline on your face like right, your mom and used to play your ass with. <laughs> get the cocoa butter stick. But then knowing the vibration, the fact that rose is the highest vibrational thing in the world. Like, that makes me want to just, like, shower in rose okay. everything before I even leave my house. But... That's it. Shout out to Lone for just always aligning with me, man. Mm-hmm. That made me so happy. I was like, yo, they get me. Get I'm it, over Lone? here researching Rose, and then they send me a box of Rose Mist. You was so cool. Ro- you a rosy summer? <laughs> okay, Rose A Rose is still a rose. Right? So just wanted to put that out there, and that's it. I'll, I'll stop talking. No. Asante. <laughs> no. No. He said a rose is still a rose. And now Asante wants to <laughs> laugh at Aretha Franklin. Come on. <laughs> okay. <Don't work>. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I look at the vibrational frequency. <laughs> now let's go on to Mr. I don't think music. she move a lot these days. Oh. Oh, no. I take that back. Aretha has been moving because she looked. I seen her the other day. I I'm dead. I seen her on the something the Asante. other day. She had a wig on. She Please had, take it away. She had like one of them wigs on, black china wig. I seen her the other day. She had a black china wig on. It's the music <laughs> man. She did. You I'm didn't doing see that. what I can to get to this next segment. Okay, <laughs> back again. Another week of awesome music and events and things. Um, we joining it up this week for Yay! a little bit. We doing. A, it's gonna so I think basically uh because of the hip hop in honor of the hip hop honors, I'm gonna do a little piece of the music man segment to begin and then we can do the hip hop honors and then go right into TV. Yeah. And it could just be smooth like that. So <coughs> the playlist pledge for September is out. Uh go listen to it. Tweet me 
it has been crazy. The numbers for it have been crazy. Um, it's so weird on Spotify that you can see how many people are following you. At least like three or four hundred people are following that playlist on Spotify alone. I don't know what the numbers look like on Apple Music because they make that a secret. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Any which way, a lot of y'all are vibing and jamming and bopping to the music on the playlist. I want to give a shout out to all the people that I've been shouting out for the past few weeks. Louis York, definitely check them out. Yes. Like, hey, I enjoy you. Pop an ass song. And go check out some of their old, their other projects because you they are just jams. <laughs> Yeah, don't make me start singing. That's my Go, shit. You sound just like him. I put some of the music from his past songs on my other playlist. You know, some favorites are Raging Bull. Okay, make sure you go mm-hmm. check that one out. I mean, they're just jams. And don't play. Mm-hmm. That's my personal fave. I play that in the morning when I need like that hype music, that yes. high vibration of oh, music. Oh, somebody else, you know, the vibrations of the music. <laughs> Anyway, Louis Shork, I always want to shout out. I want to shout out to uh, a lot of the people from London. I've apparently had a lot of British people on my playlist that I was not even aware. Or UK. I'm so sorry. I think that that's offensive to some people. <laughs> anyway, let me just go through really fast and tell you which of the three or four people that I was going to tell you about. Um, oh, by the way, cool kids are back out. If you... <gasps> <laughs> if you don't know who the cool kids are, they were popping do. back in like, I don't know, MySpace was where I felt like I first heard about Hell Cool yeah. Kids Jam. And after that, they had, uh, I forgot what commercials they had. Like, Cool Kids had a whole moment. And then Yo, I- Sir Michael Rocks is, <sighs> just had to throw that out there. <laughs> Homework. <laughs> um, so the Cool Kids just dropped their project. Um, they are not the British people that I was talking about, though. So the cool kids did just drop their project, though, and I want to make sure that I tell them because I don't want them to go unnoticed yet again and them to fall back into the blackness and to, <laughs> you know, just leave me hanging. Anyway, I did want to specifically shout out Little Sims. I think y'all said y'all saw her Afropunk. Yes. Um, she she had, is great. Jam, me and friend was like, who the fuck she is that? She literally, like, we both turned yeah. and almost ignored the retreat. The retreat, you hear me? The meet and greet because we were so stunned. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, she. Um, the reason that I I fucked with her, she was on like a live thing on something on YouTube, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I started following her, and I saw that she popped up on the color show that I always talk about on YouTube that I watch, and she literally was just in that studio just spitting and with the color behind her. So I was like, Little Sims, I gotta know what the fuck this is about. I thought you was finna say she was in the color purple. <laughs> Oh, I did. She's in the color purple. I was, I was like, going to oh. do an awful British accent in six months, but that was not going to work. Um, and of course, oh, so this, I did want to say just really quickly, the playlist this month was very mid-tempo, just because a lot of mid-tempo songs were coming out. Because I fall. really, right, it's fall. I want to give like a, 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 a cute vibe, but like Daniel Caesar's project dropped and I had to put tracks from there on there. Jamila Woods, her project dropped and I had to put project, uh, you know, picks from there. So I had to figure out ways to put like Lil Uzi Vert and Kodak Black <laughs> in this playlist with these people. Dead. But I did it and it's done. So go check it out and that's it. Wait um, a minute. You said Jamila Woods. Jamila Woods. Hold she, had, on. she just dropped a single before with. Uh, I love. It's so funny that you mentioned that. I was out somewhere during Fashion Week and one of the DJs played. Lonely yes. by Jamila Woods. That's on the playlist. And that is my jam. Well, Lonely oh, no. by her has Lorene. Um, Lorene Chaya, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Which I thought was a seed, but never mind. So, oh, Chia. Was it Lorene Chia? Because you're right. So, you is know. it Lorene Chia? But anyway, I love oh, that song. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> yes, it's great. Y'all, Cardi B is going to be number one next week. I sure as hell hope so. I, and I, I no, she's projected. Yeah. 
They said it today. She's projected to be number one. And apparently, if I'm hopefully I'm getting the information right, she's going to break a record for being the first female rapper to hit number one without a feature. For like 23 years, Ooh. right? I thought it was ever. I think, I think Lauren did it. I think what oh, they were saying was Lauren she was the Hill. first one since Lauren. Wow. Oh yeah, because Lauren didn't really have features. But to it. me, like they so different. Cardi can still kind of feel like she was the first. Right. No, she was stop. the first rapper like <laughs> she was the first rapper Give like Lauren. her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to win, because Lauren Hill, you know that's a what? different. I set. wonder what song we. I'll look it up while you. I'm curious to see what song Lauren hit number one. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Let's see. What I'll look it, it up while you. What? What? Lauren hit number one. Well, if that's what outside he's, of Duwap, that's I'm like saying Duwap that Lauren went number one. Was it? I'm hoping so. I feel like doo-wop was played. I can only... All for like three summers <laughs> straight. I'm still thinking about that thing right yeah. now. It was a, it's a hit, you know? I mean, MLA, she did a hit. So moving into the other part of the Music Man segment. This oh, yeah, it's doo-wop. Really? Yep. In 1998, it says doo-wop, that thing, Lauren Hill, uh, November 14th, 1998. It hit the one, number one peak position. So then Cardi B is the first female rapper since 1998. Since Lauren Hill. I'm so happy for her. She deserves Yo. it. Man. Shout out to you. Yes. You better do the thing. Yes. That's fucking great. Man. Imagine how she must feel. I can't even imagine. I love Cardi. <laughs> She's got to just keep winning. Right. But moving into the joint part of the segment... The Hip Hop Honors came on on Monday, and some of your yes. faves were in the building. Um, did you watch the Hip Hop Honors, friend? I watched clips. I didn't get to see the whole thing. I watched Missy's performance, Lil' Kim's yes, performance, Missy and Tiana's. Opened. Oh, yes. Okay, so Missy opened the awards, and that shit was crazy. <laughs> like, I feel like I was standing in the living room. Like... <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Missy Elliott. Missy Misdemeanor Elliott has just... I feel like she should go on tour. But I, I don't know. know if that's going to happen. I feel like she should. She could. She totally could. She's damn she sure has, I got the catalog. I was about to say, she has more than enough music to give us. And she has more than enough clout to get us, like, a great bill. I would pay Beyonce prices for a Missy Elliott tour. What was their crew called? Like, Timbaland, Genuine, Aaliyah. Oh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It was a number, right? Was it a number? <sighs> Like five o. It was them. It was um player. Who else? Hold on. Player Timbaland Magoo Tweet. Jade. Yeah. Yeah. Tweet. What were they? What oh, was their fuck. crew called? Dustin's trying to look it up. But I was gonna say that what they should all come together the way that Bad Boy did the tour. Mm -hmm. Swing Mob. Swing Mob. Swing Mob. The artists on Swing Mob. Swing Mob was an R and B hip hop collective consisting of. Missy Elliott, Sister, Timberland, Magoo, Genuine Player, Daryl Pearson, and a bunch of other people because there's an ellipses after his name. <laughs> oh, see, so I it was Swing Mob. I actually didn't know Swing I don't swing remember mob. ever seeing Swing Mob. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, they need to go on a Swing Mob tour. Well, you know it's because Devontae Swing. Got yeah. you. Damn. Mm. They were under his tutelage. And so that's where that came from. They was all in Virginia. That's the basement. Damn. Wild Devontae with his fine ass. <laughs> 
Well, the awards, <laughs> Missy uh, got to open them. And I did want to say, since this is the TV crossover, Regina Hall hosted. And I love Regina Hall. I love her, too. She always sounds like she's talking on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, to you. It always, like, every right? time she talks, it sounds like y'all on the phone. I love it. I wish they would have gave her a little bit more, you know? Time before they... I feel like the show came yes. on at 9, and they gave her the script at 8.57. Yes. What happened? It was the teleprompter. <laughs> I don't know if it was moving too fast or what, but I feel like even the writing for the show outside of that was just really basic. Like, and I don't feel like she really needed. If anything, they, I feel like it would have been dope if they let her write it. Right. Because she's, she's naturally funny. funny. She's hilarious. Like, people forget that she did, uh, what was the screen? Scary movies. Scary movies. Mm-hmm. Like, they forget how fucking funny she was before this. They're like, oh, Regina made it. Like, this overnight sensation. It's like, no, she's been here. She's been funny, too, before this, too. She's like, funny as hell. Like, I really wish they would have given her more like, they would have let her really just take the horns and be like, we gonna make this shit some shit tonight. Have a good-ass black yes. ass time. And <laughs> It was so this. funny to me because every time she would end, you could tell you could tell the end of her reading the script or the teleprompter and then improving every time. Yes. When she would walk away from, sta- from the stage um, after introducing someone, she would finish what was on the script and then her entire... At her posture, everything would change when she would just ad lib. Yeah, they so just yeah, it. it was it was such a I don't know. They should not have done her like or that. Or hire you to write, please. Ooh, <laughs> like I would have had them writing it's, about game changes in the nineteen nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh what? God. It would have been a great and it's cracking jokes too. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, are you kidding? <laughs> like, so fun. like that would have been. Have perfect. you ever thought of that? I've thought about that often. I would love to write for award shows. I would Ooh, love to write for hosts. Perfect lane for yeah. you. Yeah. We'll see what Who happens. Who we need to talk to? Okay. Birdman hand rub. <laughs> right. Okay. But I had to give her a shout out because outside of all that happening to her, I love her and we love her. And, oh, forever. And nobody is That's why we were girl. in our feelings. <laughs> right? Right. Okay. Otherwise. It's like, don't be doing our girl like that. Right. You know okay. what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, so in actually, uh, who else did you say you saw outside of Tiana? Okay. So in true like form of like that whole, uh, bad boy reunion, the whole family thing, I feel like they were doing that with all these different cliques that we are so familiar with. So trick daddy came out, Trina, <sighs> um, master P didn't get up on stage, but, uh, Aww. Romeo was on stage and I always hesitate cause I always want to call him little Romeo. <laughs> The segment was dedicated to, like, artists from the South, right? And so they opened it with Trick Daddy and Trina performing Nan Nigga, which was so monumental and such a song that was so unforgettable. Like, I remember the first time I heard that song. And so to see Trick Daddy up there, and he didn't look the best, but he never really looked the best, even when he was at his best. And so we just was happy to see him. But then to see Trina come out in this choreographed strut with like four or five dancers, you know, they were in a in formation, which yes. we know was an homage to Beyonce. She's a huge oh, car carrying member of the of the Beehive. So her dancers were in a straight line and they were marching forward as she was rapping these iconic lyrics, which she actually cleaned up a little bit for the show. But we still rap the dirty parts. <laughs> right. So and then so not only to see that, but then to look off to the side of the stage and in this box this uh group of seating this grouped seating area you see Kelly Rowland, Monica, um Kelly Rowland, Monica, Jaden Smith, and Master P in this box going the fuck off while Trick Daddy and Trina are Jayden performing. Smith. Man, 
right? And to see Monica, who we know, and Kelly Rowland, who we know, these girls are literally personal friends with Trina. Monica, as we know, is so supportive. Her whole Instagram is just support, you know what I mean? For other girls in the industry, whatever. So to see her just, you know, cheering Trina on and know that they were in, Trina was in Monica's wedding. Come on. So to see that, and you know, I love that kind of shit anyway. So (laughs) So I was just on cloud nine. What else was funny to me was that Monica was not even on the bill last night, but the camera stayed on her in the audience. DJ Khaled was like, shout out to Monica. You holding know. the side. She was holding the baby. The camera mm. kept staying on Monica. So it just, it was a great Monica night. knew all the words. Monica was over there rapping for people's performances. Yeah. <laughs> then she's cheering on Tiny, which we all know Tiny was in Monica's wedding too. Everybody Aww. knows they're really close friends. Oh, yes. Escape so to perform. see that going on, Escape was a part of that South, Down South performance. They looked great. How'd they they did. sound? They tiny sounded. They, you know what? They they sounded good. It's nostalgia. We're happy that you know what I'm saying. We're happy to see them together. They their voices were clear. And I will say this: it was an improvement over their initial reunion performance at the BET Awards. Yes, and those girls, there's no doubt. We could talking shit, but there's no doubt that all four of those girls can sing. Oh yeah. And so I, mean, I think their voices will only get stronger as they tour, which they just announced today. To They're going on tour. Don't get me started, friend. You don't think we in the back of the bus singing in the seventh grade together. But, you know, to see that they announced that they're going on tour today. Um, Their touring is called the Great Escape Tour with Tamar Braxton and Monica. Oh, shit. So, I mean, you know I'm going. Come on, you know. No, Monica. So that was cool. Go ahead. Um. After oh yeah, after that performance, uh, Master P and Jermaine Dupri won an award. Let me say one more thing. Oh, Uh-oh. because that performance was the the what they would do is they would bring up an era or a time or whatever I in the nineties. Concept. Have the performance and then someone would be awarded. Right. So after the South presentation, they awarded um, Master P and Jermaine Dupri. Right. And so, um, I love this concept. What really you it know, just burned me was the fact that they had Romeo performing these No Limit hits while Master P was sitting right there in the audience I mean, fully willing and able. Now, for fans of No Limit music like myself, you know, that goes back to like my teenage years. Right. Okay. And so to see those No Limit songs, we want to see the artists perform them that. there, There's an element, we believed what Master P was saying about, you know, the war that he lived in. We believed what they were saying about, you know, having the hookup and shit. We didn't really believe Lil Romeo <laughs> talking about it last night. So it kind of yeah. took away from the experience Wait, for so the there fans. were people paying homage and then the artists performed? No, or was it, it, was ve- it was a mixture and very random. Okay. For, but there were some artists who were invited to perform and the other artists that were being awarded, there were tributes on their behalf. Got you. Kind of. Okay. If that makes any right. If that closes it a little bit, mm-hmm. I don't know. And Mariah performed, right? Mariah performed. <laughs> she did. She How did a she medley do? of hits. Um, you know what? I'ma say this, right? <laughs> I'm not, well, I'ma say this. So do- <laughs> I'm not gonna say nothing bad, and we all know what is undoubted, right? Is the fact that Mariah Carey has a catalog of literal hits that will <laughs> knock Floyd Mayweather out. Okay? Hits she has enough like grits. Like grits. <laughs> And baby weight, okay? <laughs> like she, I mean, she got hits. Baby weight. Hits that stick. You hear me? So I'm not going to say nothing about Mariah standing still. 
I'm not going to say nothing <laughs> about Mariah looking like Stonehenge. I'm not going to say nothing about Mariah being like a tree planted by the water. She shall not be moved. I'm not going to say nothing about the fact that they had a stunt double scaling the wall of the set, and then they alluded to it was Mariah Carey, but she's being hoisted onto the stage by three men. (laughs) What? But the thing about it is, all these things happen, but it's Mariah Carey. So, so you're like, y'all fuck know that I'm shit. a lamb. It's Mariah. So. Exactly. Okay, well, well, At the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's Mariah Carey. To right. Speak to your lambs. She's forever. To Hi, Lambly. <laughs> <laughs> My Lambly, that's, I know they're listening. All right. Well, to speak to your lamb while Mariah was performing, she did Honey, the remix, <gasps> which is the jam. Mm-hmm. So I yes. will say, I. I want to shade Mariah down more than I did. You know, I still have to do a little something in but there. But you won't. But, but I won't, and I can't. I can't. It's I Mariah cannot. Carey. What Look, can you say? I cannot. I right. cannot. She wrote her so, song. So, Honey, the remix, you know she always does a gold number for Honey. She did another gold number for Honey at the awards. And it looked good. Mariah looked great. You know, she just looked good. And the song looked great. JD and uh, the brat started off, you know, locks and it was great. It was just a nice. It was a lovely night of nostalgia. Like yes, it was. It was lovely. It was amazing. I have to watch it. You have to watch it. Even the Tiana Taylor, she did a dance break, and um, the outfits that they all wore. The dance break. (laughs) The reason that's funny is because she performed (laughs) with a broken foot. She had a whole correction boot on, like Mariah from Married to Medicine. Oh, no, I thought that was a rain boot. That was, her foot was broken. She performed in a broken foot. She she had a correction shoe on, like Mariah, and it was spray painted with graffiti to match the painter's jumper that she had on. Holy shit, how do you perform? And Homegirl, and was hitting it. When I say was dancing better, she she was moving. I saw, I just thought that was like. A look, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. Her foot was broken, and Regina yeah. Hall even called it out right after the performance. She was like, I cannot believe she performed with a broken foot. Like, wowza. Tiana's serious. Tiana's a shit, though. And she's delivering these iconic moments that are unforgettable. The vi- the fade video, we'll never forget that. And that introduced her to an entire different audience. And right? Fashion Week, I saw Fashion all the Week. images, this, well, videos of her killing it on the Killing the runways. runways with the, at the She's a force, show. and I just, I love watching this happen. I love it. She's a shit. Yeah. Also performed, um, Ty Dolla Sign performed with, along with, or it was a medley of songs. So Ty Dolla Sign and uh, Warren G., and then Candy and Tiny came out. And I'm, and we're going to tell you why after I tell you who performed. And then Fat John Remy. Okay. So Ty Dolla Sign came out singing, by the way. Singing his ass off. And I don't really go off a Ty Dolla Sign like that. But he was looking good. I was, I have to, I must say, I really did like his attire. Now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> who I need um, a camera in here? <laughs> Anyway, uh, Ty Dolla Sign was on there singing with Warren G. Uh, I guess it's fake on YouTube. Okay, if there's a camera in the room. <laughs> 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 and then we go to the uh, Woo! Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, segment. Uh, okay, Candy and Tiny came out. Uh, they were doing No Scrubs. Cute. In character. Cute. Like, they looked cute as... T-Boz and Chili. Like, shade, but yes. They did. They looked cute. It was shade, too, because it was like, well, what? Well, it was they? shady because they wrote it. So them coming right. out and performing it in lieu of people who are 
actually the two living members of TLC who could have like, been oh, literally yeah. like you get what I'm saying who could have been part of the they could have been there for, for a 90s you know show and you know oh, how do you not have TLC I mean because you got the people that wrote it <laughs> But so it was shady, you get what I'm saying? But but Who I will they say piss this. Off over there? So now, you know, <laughs> afterward, Lily from SWV, right? Oh she went shit. on guess where else? Facebook. Oh my and God. went off. Like, you know, how are y'all gonna have the nineties, um, a tribute to the nineties without the people that actually, you know, inf- were influential or whatever? Of course, who comments? T Boz. <laughs> What is she saying? Now, but like, that's right, girl, or whatever. But what made it tricky for me is I know TLC is touring. They've been touring for like the past two years on that I Love the 90s tour or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're touring. And so maybe they, I don't know if they were unavailable. conflict of schedule. But Candy and Tiny had looks. Like, they literally were in, like, Candy had a red T-Boz wig. I remember how T-Boz's hair was red? And they had the costuming on. From the No Scrubs video. Like the black and netted Tiny tops. sounded good. Yeah. They, they was the candy they sounded, sounded good. They sounded, sounded, they sounded good great. singing it. They That's sounded great. It was so shady. When, I was like, ooh. I'm not gonna lie, when they were singing, I almost was like, cause you know, I used to love like hearing demos for shit. I was like, I wonder if there's a demo, you know, from sure back in the day. I was that like that I can song get. from the was it the eighties or the nineties? I ain't missing you at all. <laughs> <laughs> Since you've been gone. Oh. <laughs> T-Boss, I ain't missing you at all. I wasn't. Candy and Tiny delivered, okay? They did. Home run out the park. I mean, they wouldn't have been able to have every artist that was hot in the 90s, but I do think SWV and TLC. Man. Well, the thing is, I think it's a bit murky, right? It's a gray area because it is technically the VH1 Hip Hop Honors. And so this year, right? This year they did a little bit differently um, than they had previous years because the theme of this year was. Um, game changers of the 90s so it actually wasn't even just music they actually even had a segment devoted to the to the martin show tashina arnold came out on stage gave a a beautiful tribute to martin was he he there yeah he accepted the award so he was actually awarded so this was a different year for them yeah and i think that that's why certain r&b artists maybe weren't invited a and b also misinterpreted this as paying homage to, to like, the 90s period exactly right, right, right. so what they need to do okay like a lot of people on twitter suggested including my nigga carrie shout out to carrie's corner they need an r&b honors they do vh1 they do. needs an r&b it's honors in the same amazing. vein of the hip-hop honors Ooh, where they literally so just focus yeah they should have divas live back and right Okay, we need to talk about who's on oh, the bill. Oh, yes. Because we yes. don't need this young meets old shit. No. You got to earn your place on Divas Live. But that's a whole other conversation for another segment, for another show, for another time, for another person. <laughs> then you also need the hip-hop honors and you need the R&B honors. That's you need so that. dope, And low-key, give me some rock honors, too. I wouldn't mind a, a rock, classic rock honors. Ooh, red Hot Chili you know, Peppers. Which I guess would be, yeah, you know, an Sound alternative. Garden. Give me a whole, give me the whole thing. And they can use our white radio you, uh, episode you, as a reference. They while can you pay playing, us to do you, it. You, <laughs> look, while you playing, somebody <laughs> needs to contact you about just making that a thing. The VH1 honors, mm-hmm. and it could be a, a thing for whatever it is. A portfolio series, You be the series, writer, the creative director. Cause Shit. Where Mona? <laughs> Somebody snap Mona's bra strap and tell her to turn around. Okay. <laughs> and they also gave Hype Williams an award, too. They did. And I just forgot 
all of the beautiful visuals that Hype Williams had blessed us with. Cinematic. And, and the fact that Hype Williams put it together himself. And, and it was so funny when he she was like... was the she was 90s. Like, and he brought his own screen. Oh, shit. I was like, yeah, that's... I bet Hype Williams was like, y'all ain't got the right screen and had one brought in. Too, he made those shit. music videos like movies. <sighs> they told stories. They look different. Even cre- Belly. Yeah. Look at yes. Belly. He was king. King. And look at the impact. Cash Dial, our beloved rapper. You know what I'm saying? She recreated that video, the Keisha versus whoever scenes. She for, did? Yeah, mm-hmm. for the For Everybody video. It's Cash Doll versus Keisha. And she's like one of the scenes. That you, I'll show you. I gotta yes. look. That's yeah. cute. You would love it. It looks great. Shatters. How are you short with Cash Doll? <laughs> love but you, yeah, Cash Doll. Um, what else is there to talk about? Oh, we didn't even talk about Lil' Kim. Oh, she did great. She performed um, the Quiet Storm remix. Havoc and um, Fab. Fab was looking great. Yep. Fab came Fab out did and did Prodigy's part. Oh. Which, let me Rest talk to y'all about prodigy. something pre-VH1. I understand y'all paid homage to Prodigy by putting his photo up, but we're going to need a little bit more strategy in the photo choice. Yes. Right? Show people... Okay, at their best, and give them some respect when you're picking like these photos that you're showing people that have passed away. Don't show a picture of Prodigy where he didn't look his best or where we look at it and we think about certain health struggles he may have had or whatever. Oh. Give a good picture, show him like performing happy, you know what I mean? Prime, like yeah. I didn't I didn't like that. I found that disrespectful actually. You know, and I'm sure his family wasn't too happy about that. So I don't know. They need to handle that with a little bit more care. Please, like think. Yes. Well, that wraps it up for the hip-hop honors, I believe. It was great. Let's just go ahead and finish out the rest of the TV Land segment. That's the one you've been watching. Well, the first thing that I want to mention is the 69th Emmy Awards that came on this week. Um, And there's a few people that won awards (laughs) that deserve to be mentioned. Lena Waithe. um, Waithe? Waithe? Am I saying her last name right? I think it's Waithe. Waithe. Lena Waithe. Um, She won... An uh, Emmy Award for Best Writing for a Comedy Series, along with Aziz Ansari. Um, they won for Master of None, and she was the first black woman to receive that statue Ooh, in the burr, category. Burr, burr, burr. So shout out to her. Bomb, she gave bomb. a very, very powerful acceptance speech. When you get a chance, YouTube it, watch it on whatever platform you can. Hell, if you got a fire stick, look it up on there too. Did she um, win for the Thanksgiving episode? Let me. Do they, is, let was me it like see. specific? If I'm not sure says, for that award, but did I y'all watch that? I I did she, I I don't know if she won for that episode. Okay, but I do know that she wrote it. I know that it was with Angela quite Bassett. It was a coming out. amazing. Yeah. Oh, I totally get why she won. So shout out to her, um, Donald Glover as well. He hey. won. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series for Atlanta and a person of color has not won that award in over 30 years. Wow. So he did that. Um, he also became the first African-American to win an award for directing a comedy series. So he went home Damn. double-fisted that you night. Go. Damn, go, Yeah. Living um, his best life. Definitely want to give a shout-out to him. And then I also want to give some love to Riz Ahmed, um, Riz joins the list of groundbreaking <laughs> winners as the first South Asian man to win an Emmy acting award for his role in ABC's, I mean HBO's The Night of. And I want to give another shout out, right? Give another shout out. Give a shout out. So I want to give another shout out to Sterling Brown from This Is Us. Yes. Yep. He won for Best Actor in a Drama like Series, excellent. one of the big awards to win for the night. First time in 18 years a black actor took that statue home in the wow. category. Man. So. 
definitely wanted to show them some love. Always got to highlight the niggas is doing, you know, things that the way that they should be done. And I love that Riz, afterwards, he was like, yeah, it's cool that y'all gave us these awards, but, like, that doesn't fix the root of the problem <laughs> and the fact that this is a systemic issue. And Bingo. I thought that that was so profound that even with him holding his award, he wasn't thinking of self. He was still like, this is great, but this is, like, just a the tip of the iceberg. Okay. So cool of him. <sighs> Brilliant and beautiful. I also oh. want to give a shout out to um, <laughs> Sister Circle TV. It's a new live morning talk show that comes on um, TV One and the other Tinga affiliates uh, stations. Look it up for your local listings. It's a brand new live talk show every morning, <laughs> 9 o'clock on TV One. I'm a watch. Um, it's a panel a- talk show. Uh, four women, Quad Web Lunsford from Married to Medicine, Selena Johnson, what? What? Um, sports reporter and radio host Rashawn Ali, what? and stand-up comedian Kiana Dancy. Um, and they discuss like lifestyle topics, relationships, all that stuff. So they do so, this in Atlanta? I'm sorry. It's in Atlanta. Of course, it has to um, be. And I watched the second episode today. It premiered on Monday, uh, September 18th. It was supposed to premiere last Monday, but because of the hurricane, they pushed it mm, back a week. Right. And so it came on this week. Um, it's a new show. Um, Funky Dineva, YouTuber Funky Dineva, <gasps> who's been on a lot of other projects, is DJQ on this show. So he's contri- he contributes as Funky's well. Yeah, super good look for Funky Dineva. I um, love him. I t- y'all not, know that. Look, <laughs> I'm just happy for everybody. You know, a talk show is literally like my dream job. So seeing this be realized for these people is like How real amazing. Is. Yeah. Um, and I just think that like Quad is doing such a good job on this show. She is all of her scenes. She's able to kind of restore some order to the scenes. She's very poised and composed. And it's just a really, really good look for Quad. She is literally, it's almost like she was born to be a talk show host. That's so cool. She's literally a like just born leader. natural. Selena Johnson is very relatable. Um, and she as well is doing her part to keep things orderly. It's very new, so they have to learn each other's rhythms and how not to talk over. The same shit we learned on this Yeah, show. of course. You know, so with time, of course, it's gonna the flow is going to get better, but I can see the effort that the ladies are making, and it's just really cool to watch. And as a fan of Married to Medicine, it's cool to see Quad in this light. Mm-hmm. And on a petty note, I know that her getting this talk show, they are never going to hear the end of it on Married <laughs> to Medicine. So I can't wait Mariah. for that. Um, so Sister Circle TV... TV One, 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. Speaking of that, uh, well, one more reality show, and then we're going to get into a couple other things that we got to talk about. Um, Loving Hip Hop Hollywood. (laughs) Real quick, I'm not even going to talk about the whole show, the whole cast, nothing like that. I caught up. Today, we're going to discuss Hazel Lee. Okay? Because I just feel like things have gotten out of control and out of hand and it's time that some focus and and it needs to be placed where it needs to be placed hazel e came on this show and we all were confused as to the you know the all the five w's the who what where when why we didn't know (laughs) and even in one h how nobody knew why hazel e was there nobody knew who hazel e was nobody knew what a hazel e was none of that 
right? But people like me who love reality television, we give everybody a clean slate, a clean slate and a fair chance. So I gave Hazelie a chance and I'm not mean. I wasn't going to talk about her physical attributes or anything like that like a lot of other people were. I actually thought it was like bald that people were saying such mean things about the way she looked. That's only cool when people deserve it. You know what I'm saying? And she was new so I just didn't like all that. Right. So I gave her a chance, right? I remember seeing her in blogs, you know, as being friends with Eva Marcel and, you know, seeing her like in L.A. walking around with Jamal Buster and different people, you know, in pictures. So I'm like, OK, this girl, maybe, you know, everybody else knows her. So maybe there's a reason why. Well, that first season, she identified herself as, you know, this music artist and this PR guru and all these things and these titles that we had never really seen any proof of legitimacy for. And not that we were sleuthing and looking for right. that or validation, but it just didn't make sense. We like, girl, what are you talking about? We ain't never seen you before. Right. But being the friend. So even with that, we let all that go. So then she goes away. We see her in the blogs dating Cat Williams when he was literally at his lowest point. So it was a 50-50 thing. Like, yes. do we laud her as this person who's going to nurse him back to life, you know, and love him back to life? Or is she somebody who met him where he was at because she's like him. You know what I'm saying? It could go either way. I still gave her the benefit of the doubt. I ain't say nothing. She went over to Dubai, got in a car accident on a four-wheeler, tore her nose up, had to get a nose job, came back, still looked the same to me. Did I judge her for that? Never said nothing while everybody else did. And at this point, she had been in the media saying disparaging things about a lot of people, right? So this past week, I'm watching Love and Hip Hop. Actually, this season. We'll take it to this season because she set out a season, right? Now she's back. She came in the very first episode under this guise of, I'm Hazelie, I'm back. It's Hazel E season. It's time to stun on y'all hoes and bitches. And she's landing in helicopters at ridiculous parties for songs that are never going to see the light of day. Never. And oh music labels. We still don't know what Girl Code Inc. is. We know it's no. her brand. We know it's what, what something she says is her brand or something she's she pushing. But what is Girl Code Inc.? <laughs> Pyramid scheme. What does it do? Right? We still have so many questions. And we yet she's forcing us to digest or ingest her as someone who is financially well off, um, accomplished in the industry. And that like sugar mama persona. Sugar mama. Yeah. You know what I mean? Taking care of the guy that she's dating who's much younger. And she's so, you know, upfront about their sexual practices. And it's almost nasty to watch and hear her discuss it. And he, she's putting her filthy feet on top of a boat outside. Now, everybody know it's dirt on the boat. You outside, girl, and you barefoot, but putting your foot in his mouth and then kissing him on television. And I was looking at that. Eating and I was just grapes. Like, Hazel, you, you don't have face? a yacht. He looked sick. He looked scared. <laughs> he looked sick when she did that. I was yep. like, well, he played that part off well. <laughs> you know, and Mona, he like he I just, how much is she giving him to make him do? But, I, but you know, people who do anything for fame or what they perceive to be fame yeah, or to look. be visible and so i'm just tired of that but where i'm drawing the line hazel this oh, week you talking about you know who ain't on you need to get with a man that's on your level and you know he might not be on your what level is hazel e on that's what i really want to get to the bottom of this week what has hazel what e done to position herself to say you know, you all need to be on my level and none of these bitches are on my level and I need a guy that's on my... What level, Hazel? <laughs> the crawl space. <laughs> what level, Hazel? The sump pump. <laughs> what level, Hazel? The drain. What level? 
What like, what the fuck has Hazel E done to to I don't know justify her being in this position and let's and be clear you are not on TV because your life is exciting and nope. noteworthy Absolutely and notable not. you're on TV because you're willing to act a fool for the money that they're giving you and degrade yourself demean yourself and literally have liquor thrown in you and your hair all over your yeah. face sticking to every goddamn thing and your makeup running down your face while you yell expletives fighting over niggas that don't care okay. she was so mean to Chanel West Coast talking about get the fuck off my set which Chanel West Coast deserved to be thrown off a set just because Why? for being Chanel West Coast. <laughs> but what gives Hazel either right <laughs> to be the one okay? to do it? To act as if she is this Hollywood heavyweight and she can, you ain't worth my time. Like she's Hype Williams. This is Pete Oh my God, right. yes. And then to Trice start the, to do a video afterwards, then she gets to And then she of, goes immediately into this horrible song and choreography. Like we gonna listen or ever watch this no shit. No one wants a music project from <laughs> Hazel E. Nobody wants Doing? nobody wants it i was so okay i i caught up so because i want to participate in your conversation yes. and i could not understand why she was yelling and then how out of nowhere she busted out in the courtyard right in the middle of her anchor she starts dancing I was like, Justin, I'm gonna watch this. Friend, it was bad, wasn't it? I couldn't believe it. You had all your stones out there, you friend. You need them. I listen, I'm gonna start calling that you like friend. That really Pulse confused too. me. I can't. So I just loving hip hop Hollywood. <laughs> Hazel E has literally worn me thin. I'm so tired of her fighting in every scene. I'm tired of her yelling in every scene. I'm tired of her trying to prove herself in every scene. What do you do? Are you good at it? And when we going to see it? That's all I want to know. Why are you interested? Why should I be interested in watching you on TV? Because you ain't doing nothing different than everybody else on here. You cussing everybody out, <laughs> fighting, throwing drinks and saying who ain't a good friend. That's literally what and, and alluding to this life. You was on a boat. We're never going to see that boat again. You came to a party in a helicopter <laughs> for a single that we're never going to hear again. No. And you're never going to see that helicopter. You don't have a helicopter, so why do you want to make it seem like you're riding in one? I would have appreciated yeah. you saying, yo, I have this party. I rented this helicopter for my entrance. We all would have been like, oh, cool. Yes. Right? But no, you riding choppers. Hazel E season. Stunt on bitches season. It's Hazel E, baby. I run L.A. What old boy say? Well, it, it must, must be, be two, two, three, three four LA's, <laughs> They started going. When I tell wait. you, Friend, I was did you hollering. Watch that? Please tell me you watched on Monday. Oh, you when you saw Marcus, week. Brooke Valentine's ex-boyfriend, this week he was saying how it was just ridiculous, the things that the claims that Hazel Lee was making. I don't think I saw that Ooh, episode. Well, he was saying it to Friend, her face. It's great. So, oh, no, Friend, it was literally like... It was a funny-ass moment. <laughs> I'm just tired Shout of Hazel Shout out to Bridget Lee. Kelly. That's another reason I watch it because that's my boo cakes. I love her. You're going to see more of her on this week's episode. Really? Mm -hmm. She's very. She's a very talented singer. You see singer. how calm she is, though? Yeah. Yep. I love, though, when, when uh, is it Princess? She was like, she got her dress here with Shirley <laughs> Temple Girl. <laughs> I screamed. <laughs> I was like, well, this show is so mean. <laughs> Okay, so one more thing. I want to talk about actually two like more a things. A mariachi with <laughs> And she did. But, you know, never mind. <laughs> See, I was about to be mean for real. So let me stop. Woo! 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> he was fighting. I, I mean, saw it was, all I'm of trying, it. I told y'all. Look, you I was waiting doing to the see. Work? You are. I'm doing the work, you friend. Are. Look, when I tell you he was on that observation deck, because I was waiting. I was like, it's yeah. coming out. It was yeah. coming out. I had that Azalea Banks bullhorn. I was going to go to work. But anyway, okay. Growing up hip hop, I know y'all probably don't watch this oh show. God, I haven't watched it. Well, ATL? I, no, the growing up, oh, the no. original where they're in LA. With Romeo season, and I'll bring, okay. I'll catch you up to speed really quickly. Yeah, we don't even have to talk about the show overall. Let's just talk about one thing for the people that watch, you'll understand this. This week, so Peppa uh, of Salt and Pepper, legendary rapper, she's on the show. Her daughter, Egypt Chris, is on the show, who's actually a really beautiful and well spoken girl. Name. Her daughter with Tretch, very well adjusted, pretty well spoken girl. Anyway, also on the show is Peppa's niece named TT, right? Long story short, Christina DeBarge, okay, a descendant of the DeBarge family, we'll say, right? <laughs> we'll so, say. <laughs> so she's on the show, and there's a rumor that she's sleeping with her married producer, and she says business partner, um, whose name is Adonis. Um, there's also, it's just so many things going on. There's also why she keeps talking about how you know, Priority Records wants to give her her own record label and find talent. Christina DeBarge, why you need a record label? You ain't got no record. Why, why, do, why do we need Christina DeBarge making decisions that on a record label? Anyway, but that not being said, She's so there's a e. rumor, I mean, <laughs> again, get behind me, Beelzebub. Okay, so there's a rumor. So, so Peppa's niece brings this rumor back. <laughs> what pissed me off, though, right? Peppa's niece spread the rumor that Christina and the producer Apollo were in a relate Apollo <laughs> Adonis oh. were in a relationship, right? And he's married. So they run into Damn. each other at an event, and he's visibly upset. She decide well before he's even upset. Christina and the guy are at this event together. So Peppa's niece takes it upon herself being messy. She's in the confessional talking about I'm going over there to them because I did bring that rumor to the forefront, and I just want to apologize because I didn't mean no harm. But oh my you know, God. I just want to apologize. So she goes over there to Christina and the boy, the guy, right? Who's old? He's older than her, and they've been showing up at events together repeatedly, and they do look like they're messing around. But that's their business, even if they are. So she goes over there to them and issues this apology. And he's like, what you think we finna say to you coming over here telling us this shit? You was wrong for starting that rumor. It's dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a married man and you going around telling people we fucking? Oh, she immediately goes into, well, you don't get aggressive with me. I'm a woman. You a man. Don't be talking to me like that. Blah, blah, blah. And mind you, he was not even. He never called her out her name. He wasn't even raising his voice. He was just obviously passionate about what yeah, he was saying because you accused him of cheating, right? Immediately she turns into, into, oh, well, no man needs to be talking to me like that, blah, 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 goes back to Peppa, starts all that shit. Peppa go over there and brings it to him, and basically they both got their feelings hurt because he was like, again, you expect me to be nice telling you I'm pissed off about you starting this rumor on me? No! Like, stop telling the rumor. I would never, I know personal stuff about all y'all. I would never share that. Y'all are wrong. And on camera, too. You wrong. So. You know what I'm saying? And how dare you get mad talking about, oh, you don't like comics. You ain't got to like it. What you did was wrong. And I just, seeing that and watching her reaction to being checked, okay, about something that she deserved to be checked about, but you automatically want to go into this other thing, and now it's you don't like how he's talking to you. You shouldn't have been over there talking to him in the first damn place. You went over there to them. 
they was leaving y'all alone and you already had brought it so for those that watch growing <laughs> up hip hop I did the work in my, providing my commentary talking about it I'm just gonna put that to you like that um, Real Housewives of Atlanta trailer for season 10 was released I didn't watch it the words and how could I you not watch I it when it. I tell I you I excited to watch it damn I, look, I was like when I, I tell you Lanethia heavyweight Monique Leakes is back on the scene crispy and clean checking the shit out of Portia Williams for last season shenanigans oh, and the Lord. lie against Candy Nene is literally being held back by Marlo and Cynthia which the Tars are back together again for the those tals. that don't know. Nene is literally being held back <laughs> by Marlo and Cynthia and saying, you are a weak-ass liar. That's what you are. Fuck you. Portia's like, you think I give a shit about her? Fuck you. Nene's like, Ooh. fuck you, you weak-ass liar. She was Ooh. like, you, and Nene is literally yelling, saying, Is Phaedra on it? Who? <laughs> Breeze drifting on by. <laughs> she blown away, gone with the Look, wind. With, with Shirley Temple Curl. She is gone. <laughs> bye, bye, Phaedra, gone. And now, and what's good, what's, what's great about this, Portia really thought that people, and last season she tried to play the victim role in that reunion. Yes. And she really wanted to paint this and twist this like, oh no, Phaedra did me wrong by putting me in the middle. No, you, you gleefully ran with that lie and used it against Candy. And Nene is literally in this trailer saying the words to Portia, you deserve to be disciplined for what you did to Candy. She's literally saying that. Also in the trailer is Kim Zosiak and Kenya Moore literally about to come to blows. Sheree and Marlo are holding Kim back um, over something. They're arguing at Nene's white party. Nene is cracking all of the jokes. It's so funny. Um, Cynthia and Nene everybody's back cool Cynthia and Kenya are really close friends and everybody's questioning the legitimacy of their friendship Candy uh, it's just good so just watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta season 10 trailer we'll talk more when does the season premiere? November 4th I believe the 4th it's the first week of November also the trailer is released for season 5 of Married, Married to Medicine to on Bravo Medicine. More of the good same, okay? <laughs> this season is going to be focusing on the breakdown of some of their marriages. Um, jo- uh, Dr. Jackie's husband, Curtis, definitely has been um, unfaithful. Mm. Fuck that shit. I'm finna talk about Curtis. I don't care. I'm still a good person. <laughs> Who? What kind of low-down person do you have to be to do something wrong to Dr. Jackie? Dr. Jackie is one of the nicest people on television she's been so loyal to them she's got such an easy way and manner and spirit every single time we've seen her engaging with him even when she's been visibly upset she's had friend grace Mm. every single time and for you to be publicly gallivanting with another woman after jackie ain't never made issue about the fact that you really haven't made any money you've been so rude to her over all the seasons and caused problems you were so ornery and mean you didn't even show up for the cash trip last season do you remember mm-hmm. that Asante? absolutely made us made jackie go by herself with all these other women and their husbands on a trip that was intended for the couples because you was in your feelings and then okay about move, about moving out of fucking house and not getting the kind of house you wanted and shit. So you're not going. Y'all had an argument and, and you know, y'all got tension. You didn't go. Punk. Okay? That's what you are. Sounds young. And so, and, my, and mind you, he's older than a heel. Okay? <laughs> so, 
I'm just, you know, <laughs> it's just not a over the hill. He's older than you know, because the hill been around, the building oh set up. Oh my God, Dustin, where end. does he get? This you know, stuff? so um, I just want to give a shout out to that. I also really quick. I know the TV Land segment is taking a while this week, Woo, but it's a lot I coming on. Back. We Come will, on. but moving forward and dialing back simultaneously. <laughs> They also released a trailer for the Escape docu-series, y'all. Oh, my God. It's called Escape, Still Kicking It. Produced Still by who? Mona, it. Muhammad Ali, Young, Scott Young. Oh, my okay? God. On what? Bravo. Okay. <laughs> okay. Airing alongside Real Housewives of Atlanta and Married to Medicine. Bravo got Smart. Sunday nights on lock. I will take it. The trailer shows the group going to group therapy. Wow. Candy is visibly yelling to Latasha in the therapy section. You oh, yes. set up our third album for you to go solo. I wasn't finna make us be the pips. And you got to see it. <laughs> Mona, thank you. Tiny, Candy, <laughs> Latasha, Tamika. This is the girls in their truest form, and it's all about them rejoining together. Um, and starting the group back up after 18 years of separation because of a lie that Tamika um, Scott, who is Latasha Scott's sister, told on the radio. Oh, shit. So this is going to be good. Not only just are we going to see all of that go on, but it's going to be so great for us, the fans, who've been waiting on an escape reunion. I really thought that was a pig flying in the air. (laughs) But it's here. So I'm excited about those three shows. Um, I got one more thing to say. And this is just, this is kind of TV related, but it's also kind of music related. So I guess this plays into our fusion of the segments, okay, right? Okay, it's a thing. It's a party. So this week, um, I'm just going to make it quick, right? So Marvin, um, Marvin Sapp, the gospel artist who has a song called Never Would Have Made It that we all probably know and love. He's doing a song with R. Kelly. And Tasha Cobbs, okay, who is a... <laughs> Gospel singer, um, she's doing. She did the a song with Nicki Minaj. With Nicki, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> she did a song with Nicki Minaj, right? <laughs> a gospel song. Tasha Cobb's got a feature from Nicki Minaj. Now, full disclosure, she said that they are like prayer partners. They pray together on the phone every day, like they're close friends or whatever. So she brought her on the. <laughs> so she brought her on the song, right? This same Tasha Cobb's, right? Today, <laughs> so today, you guys, Drew Shade. Oh, my boy <laughs> tweeted some stuff about Tasha Cobbs like instead of singing about the spirit of homosexuality what you need to be singing about in warning is the spirit of obesity because that's what you can relate to that's what Drew tweeted and said so I hit him up I'm like what's going on and he was like Tasha Cobbs is at it again she's always singing about the spirit of homosexuality or whatever singing how it's wrong mm-hmm. in her song how it's wrong and apparently um, she oh, did Lord a live version of a song she has called Put a Praise on It. And in this live performance, she sung something about the spirit of homosexuality. Now, believe what you want to believe. Everybody can, whatever faith you are, that's totally your thing. I told y'all I mind my own business. But what you're not going to do, right? We finna reclaim our time up in here. What you're not going to do is pick and choose. You know what I mean? When it, when certain things are okay, when they're not, y'all want your hair done. Y'all want your makeup done. Y'all let the gay boys do all that. But then you want to get up on stage and hunt a rain boots and say, you know, it's a spirit of perversion and confusion. Kim, Kim Burrell. 
You know what I'm saying? Then you got Tasha Cobbs. You want to do a song with Nicki Minaj, who literally came onto the gate identifying as a bisexual female and actually used to do interviews. I remember she did an interview where she said she preferred for... They asked, how do you like guys to prefer to approach you? She's like, I prefer girls. We all know this about Nicki Minaj. It's part of what made us, some of us, like her. Okay? But that's cool. You know what I'm saying? When you know the people that Nicki Minaj has a loyal, one of the most loyal fan bases mm-hmm. on the planet. So you know if you put her on your record, they're going to buy it. And it's cool because that's your homegirl, that's your prayer partner. So you're going to ignore everything else. But then you also want to do a live performance and get up there talking about the spirit of homosexuality. Now I'm not going to say what I could say, but let's just make there be some cohesiveness here between our message and our actions and what we're doing. It can't just be for Mm. your personal gain. And this makes people lose a lot of faith. This is so dangerous. This behavior is really, really dangerous. So I'm tired. I'm sick of hearing stories like this. I'm tired of people feeling that there's this assumed level of respect and, you know, um, immunity that they have just because they work in um, some capacity related to faith. I'm sick of all that. Wrong is wrong. Y'all wrong. You wrong for willfully wanting to do a song with R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? But that we all know what follows him. You're wrong for doing a song with Nicki Minaj and then casting all of this hate towards homosexuals and people who deal with that. You know, everybody that's gay is not... Um, never mind. I'm not even going to go where I could go with this, but I'm just... I'm tired of that shit. And I just feel like people deserve to see the hypocrisy in those actions of course so if you can talk about it it on your platform okay i'm gonna bump my gums on the friend zone and i'm tired (laughs) of it so that's all i have to say about tv land this week well i'm not gonna take any time more time with my bullshit that i want to dial back to (laughs) so we gonna move right on to the friend zone the listener letter portion of this i always think to say the other part but i will just leave you with the email don't forget to hit us up as per usual at the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. And I will always keep your names anonymous so you don't have to tell me in the email to give you a fake name unless you just really want that name. Um, this subject of this letter is I love you, but dot, dot, dot. <clears throat> hey guys, I was casually dating my now boyfriend for about four months before he asked me to make it official. We've been officially dating for about one year now. He is my first serious boyfriend. And the other day, I jokingly asked him if he was in love with me. I say jokingly because, of course, I thought his answer would be a swift yes. <laughs> Uh-oh. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't mean to laugh at you. Well, maybe I did. Um, immediately after my asking him, there was a pause. I could feel my heart start to beat slightly faster. And he then replied, I love you, but I'm not in love with you yet. <sighs> my heart fell into my toenails, y'all. I immediately started to cry uncontrollably. When I asked him his reasoning, he said it takes time to fall in love with somebody. And he also informed me that he wasn't aware that I was in love with him. I told him that I understood that falling in love takes time. I wasn't aware that it took an entire year, though. I also reminded him that he was the same guy begging me to be his girlfriend. Once I said yes to that, he also began to talk about marriage and moving in together He begins to try to convince me that you can be in a relationship with someone and love them and be working on becoming in love with them. Frankly, I told him that what I told him that what he was saying was some BS. (laughs) Even though we haven't had the smoothest year, all of this was still a shock. 
I just want to know your input. Am I just overreacting? Should I wait for him to fall in love? Or should I just let him go and be done with this relationship? I've been there for this man when no one else was. I'd hate to think it was all in vain. Please help. See, why you had to say that last part? (laughs) That last part got me. P.S. I'm 24 and he's 26 with a kid. Sincerely heartbroken. Dustin. This is real touchy. (sighs) Okay. It's very possible for two people to be um, engaging with one another and be in completely different places. Totally. It's very possible for someone to be more interested in one person and the, it not necessarily be reciprocal. Meanwhile, you're engaging with one another consistently and regularly, but your feelings have evolved and grown into something different than his. That happens. And a lot of times we get caught up in needing validation from titles or needing these absolute determinations in order to make us feel comfortable and safe. And sometimes we don't necessarily get the news that we wanted. When you asked him that question, there was a risk involved. You were (laughs) soliciting a response, honey. So that's what you got. You got the truth from him. And although it did hurt because obviously you were in a completely different space than he was. And he's, you guys are engaging in activities that can appear as confirmation of you know this being a congruent set of emotions but it's not and he was honest with you and so although that sting is there because it is kind of an ego blow I think that's all it is for you is an ego blow when you really break it down to the root of the matter which is not easy and I completely understand but let's take what he's telling you at face value here right he is happy with you he is there daily he is engaging with you in these ways He's not in love with you yet. He even said the word yet. Okay. And let's focus on that. Fran made an excellent point earlier about being present in the moment. And that is how you meet people at their best self. If this is someone that you would like to see a future with, why not afford him that opportunity to see you at your best and just be present in the moment and find satisfaction in the fact that he is there. You all are still in a relationship. You're doing all of these things that will end up um, or could end up uh, manifesting themselves as that love that you're seeking confirmation of between the two of you. So continue doing those things. If he was so aggressively pursuing you as his girlfriend, continue doing those things and be yourself. He's attracted to you because of who you are. So there's nothing you can do to advance your positioning or make this time move faster toward this end goal. Because once he tells you you're in love, then you're going to want the nigga to marry you. And once the nigga marry you, then you're going to want a new car and then you want babies and then you want all this. Other stuff. <laughs> it's just going to end up, there's always going to be something else to chase. And right. so stop looking That's for true. that type of validation and just meet him where he's at in the moment as your boyfriend. You guys are happy. You 24. Shit's definitely going to change. You see how it just changed once he revealed that truth to you? Ooh. Pray the Lord he revealed what his truth is. And that's exactly <laughs> what he did. God answered your prayers, girl. Did. So accept him. Did. And move forward. Yes. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Just continue to be. Mm. All right, now. This actually ties in for me uh, seamlessly into the hot button issue, just like Dustin said about being present. But most importantly, it ties into what I said about people being at different mental spaces because you have no idea what timeline he's on. 
as you're asking him that question. So if you keep in mind what we discussed about people being, he could either be worried about what that means for the future. He could be worried about something that happened to him in the past. And in that, think of the range of what that could be. Something as far back as something with his mom, with his dad, with an old girlfriend. There's a block. It could be a block. It could also not be a block. It doesn't even have to be something in that vein. But if it is a block, it's something he's working through, which is why he said yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to just be mindful that people are in different places and meet them where they're at. Is he being respectful to you? Is he you know, loving you as a person and, and making you happy because it seems like you've been happy up until the question. People should know not to ask questions if they're not prepared for the answer. Whew, but um, if you're happy up until now, then continue because people are where they're at. If it's something that you can't shake, then let it go. Then let it go and make room for what you are looking for. I feel yes. like those are the two options. All of what they said, um, to tie back into your issue, so one thing I wanted to say was I completely agree, Fran, with um, being able to feel your emotions. So, young listener lady, you can. it is okay to feel the way that you are feeling right now. Totally. You were caught off guard. You, your systems were jarred, you know. But just really focus, like we saying, you know, I hate to, I hate providing examples of some bullshit that I just be thinking in my head, but you were literally in a plane and you just experienced a little turbulence there. Like <laughs> the ride is still happening. He's still there. Everything is fine. You just didn't really, you don't understand where he's at because of where you're at. And that is okay. But that doesn't mean, oh, well, we in two different places. So we need to break up that. Like you said, this is a man with a child. Like he has a baby mama. He got to worry about and all this extra stuff. That's a whole other timeline. And he has to balance that while thinking about how to move forward with you. And he has to make sure that you want to be there, you know, and you're not going to leave when things get hard or because you're confused or anything like that. So you have to continue to secure and be secure and show him that you're secure in order to keep him. If you don't want him, then be like, okay, well, bye, since you don't, you're not in love with me. But it doesn't have to work that way, and it shouldn't be that way. Because if it was going to be that easy, then what are you going to take your time? What are you going to do for this entire life that you guys have together? Like, just take it slow, learn from them. If it don't work out, then you've learned a bunch of amazing mistakes that you can take to the next baller. If it does work out, then you have the man of your dreams, and you're going to have the family of your <laughs> dreams. Like, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. But you really just need to just be like, okay, I had a moment. Let me go back to this. And, you know, he ain't beat me or nothing. So I'm going to stay in this thing. And don't harbor it. If I don't were her, I would be honest with him and be like, yo, I don't know why I asked you that shit. Because that answer you gave me, I'm rattled. And you know what? <laughs> what's funny is that's I would exactly just say how it. I, I swear I would say it because he needs to know that that's like, where you're at right now. Because I'm sure you're being cold. <laughs> Maybe in the bed, you got your back turned now. You know, you kind of, like, create that little space that's a little farther between each other. <laughs> There's no cuddling. You know you're doing all of that right now. Yes. You might as well tell him where it's coming from. Yes. Because this is just going to create a bigger rift than it probably needs to be. And this is something y'all can be real talk. Absolutely. Y'all are good. He wants this to be with a you. Conversation. He said yet. Yeah. He didn't say No. Like, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> this is just a conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all. Well, hopefully you found those answers You're going to be all right, girl. Don't sabotage yourself. <laughs> See, if just don't sabotage yourself. I, you, when you overreact, 
because I am one of these those people where I just get fucked up by something and I don't know what it means. And then I spend too much time trying to figure out what it means. As opposed to just leaving it the hell alone. Because some things don't need a second thought. And it's not like, I think before I used to be like, oh, I haven't thought enough, this enough, through enough, so I don't understand it enough. But everything ain't meant for me to <laughs> understand in that moment. Some things just naturally hit. And that's what I understand. And that's what I'm supposed to move forward for or to. And once I realize I need more help, then I gather that. It's like gathering the data. <laughs> right? Pull out that notes app in your phone and get it out your system. <laughs> You'll be all right, girl. Unless you got an Android. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any church announcements before we get out of here? Don't church Um, Yes. I've been uh, saying for the past few weeks that I was going to have church announcements. Well, the church doors are open. <laughs> Flooded. Uh, I am so excited to um, announce that I was... Uh, featured in a campaign from FN Vodka that was produced by Woo! Complex Media. Um, it impacted all the Complex's websites, um, all the FN Vodka uh, social platforms. Um, and it was a really cool 30-second commercial that we shot um, showcasing me as an actor in New York. And, it and was what I like so to do. Cute. Thank you, friend. What I like to do to prepare um, and just kind of hone my skills as, as an actor. So it's a really cool feature. You can find it on the FN Vodka Facebook page, um, FN Vodka's Twitter accounts, um, Complex Magazine's Twitter account. Um, just a really cool campaign that I'm really excited about. It was such a good opportunity for me. Um, and they were so kind. And I just really appreciate them even wanting to like highlight me as an actor. That of was course. a really good opportunity. Yes. So shout Yay. out to FN Vodka. Now, did you get a, a signature cocktail? Um, I did not. They need to make that happen. But Effin. I do like Cucumber Vodka by Effin. It's Ooh. really good. It's really good. So um, go out there, get you a bottle of that Cucumber Ooh, a Effin. drink called yeah. the Dustin would be really freaking uh, cute. Even, even the Ross. The Ross. It was cool. Or so. the, D, the DFR. I have a Ross, please. <laughs> It'll be strong. Okay. <laughs> put you down. Um, but yes, so that was cool. And then also really quickly... Um, I had another campaign come out with Visit Philly, Visit Philly rather, the Philadelphia Board of Tourism. Um, myself, um, Ty Bo, um, uh, Lovey. Um, there were a few other influencers that were all selected to run around Philly with Black Thought from the Roots um, and really get um, an inside look at Philadelphia and all the wonderful things it has to offer so with a native Philadelphian. <laughs> and so I literally got to go hang out in North Philly with Black Thought and eat cheesesteaks at Max's Cheesesteaks. They were absolutely <laughs> delicious. <laughs> um, and it's really funny. And then we also got to go to a really cool um, clothing store called Lapstone and Hammer in Philadelphia. And him and I did some shopping and um, looked around and talked about Philly style and culture and Cute. what the style roots in Philly were about. Really dope conversation between me and Black Thought. Um, so just about Philly culture. So that was really great. I um, just want to give a really quick shout out to... Janae and the whole team over at uh, Visit Philly. Um, they actually invited me to come to the screening that they had this past Tuesday um, with the mayor of Philadelphia and several other nice. um, city dignitaries. And um, the mayor of Philadelphia told me I was his favorite in the series. Yes, and that of I was course. funny and, you know, that felt good. So I love Philly anyway. Yeah, so to be a part of all that, it was dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so we actually cannot wait to come back to Philadelphia for our show uh, as part of the Friend Zone Live. So everyone that enjoyed the Visit Philly videos and you like seeing me in Philly, you can see me and my two homies in Philly. 
um, on October 22nd. Uh, the tickets for that go on sale this Friday on thefriendzonelive.com. Also, what's our Dallas date, Asante? The Dallas day for the show is going to be available once I have it up on my phone. It is November the 4th. November 4th is yes, Dallas. Yes, it is. Uh, and December 1st is Washington, D.C. Yes. So that's not really my church announcement. That's like our church announcement. <laughs> I feel like we worshiping together that Sunday. So, right. Yeah. Yes. Well, there ain't nothing wrong with worshiping with friends. That's why I love going on tour with the friend zone. <laughs> and speaking of going on tours, the read is back on the road. Okay. And your boy is hosting as per usual. <laughs> and along with hosting for the read, there will be opening pop-up shops along with the tour. But you will find out more details with those as they come. I will be working the pop-up shops. I will be curating music. It's going to be a, a fun-ass time. Come, spend money, see the show later on, and it's going to be a blast. Atlanta, you're up first, September 30th. I better and see you there. already sold out. Yes, yeah, shout out Already to sold out. There's literally <laughs> nothing I can do about that. Sorry. But the uh, pop-up shop, you might be able to come and see what you can see and be in the mix. So come out and see your boy. That's all I have over here. What about you, friend? I will be in Nashville this weekend. Yes, nasty yes. Nashville. Nashville, Cashville. Cashville, right? Okay. Um, working on a little project i can't fully say what it is <laughs> no 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 i it's am not. so stressed out no. don't stress me out like it's that it's not my friend. music it's not my music how about i say that so yeah what i'll show you if you I follow me you. on snapchat or instagram i'll just kind of give you some behind the scenes of what's popping off over there and that's it and then uh, next stop on my wellness tour is Charlotte, North Carolina. Queen City. I cannot wait to see you guys. I love Queen City. So can't wait for that. That's next month. Um, obviously, I will remind you guys closer to the date. And this was a long ass show. I think this is our longest episode. I can't believe ever. y'all listened. If you're still at this point, send us the unicorn yes. emoji yeah. on Twitter or leave it on the SoundCloud. <laughs> Something. As always, we love you guys so, 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 so much. Thank you so and much I for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Bye.